Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of May in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Tuesday, and welcome to day 12. Thank you for coming along. It is 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. If you would like to be part of today's uh, show, you can also email. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim with an H at KUFO.com. Or Nibbler at KUFO.com. It is N-I-B-L-E-R, ladies and gentlemen, at KUFO.com. Bum, bum, bum. It's 503-228-4101 coming up uh, today. We have our good friend Don Taylor from Cinematical who will be joining us today to talk about DVD releases uh, from TMZ.com. This is actually a longer story than we really have time for here. But So from TMZ, typically we talk to Katie Darrell, and for reasons we can sort of discuss later, uh, today we're going to be talking to a guy named Dax. Are we really talking to him? D-A-X. Which seems like some, which seems like a name that is uh, impossibly sci-fi, yet at the same time, Dax seems like one of those names that you would only see on some sort of not even a nine hundred two one zero, but like a nine hundred two one zero, the next generation, or one of those sort of like sub OC kind of shows. Like a guy named Dax doesn't seem like a guy that could possibly exist in the real world. Seems like we a, have a listener named Dax. Do we? Uh huh. You know, and now that I think about it, I went to school with a guy named Dax when I was in the—I think when I was in the, my junior year of high school. But here's the thing about uh, guys named Dax: every guy named Dax has like a weird, short, thatchy uh, kind of flat top hair. Every single one of them. You will never meet a guy named Dax that has uh, like long, let me kill Mister hair. It's always like the—it's always like the Duke Nukem Forever uh, hairdo those guys have got. All right, in any event. Also today, we're going to be giving away another copy of that Max Fleischer Superman collection on DVD, which is awesome, apparently. Uh, Faster than a streak of lightning, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, Max Fleischer Superman collection from 1941-1942, the two-disc collection on DVD. Uh, We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman. Hello, how are you today? Hello. Did you have an exciting night last night? Did you go out and do lots of things? Did you live the high life? Oh, boy, I was just crazy. No, I just hung out with my glands. No big deal. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. Oh, how are they doing? Not so well. And you know, waking up early in the morning doesn't allow like a lot of healing time. Really? No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So you know, it's a constant, just wonderful struggle. Excellent. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm sorry. I wish I had something. Oh, I did watch uh, Flight of the Navigator, which I've never seen before. It's like an old '80s movie, which is actually pretty good. Wait, no, no, no. What is it? Uh, Flight of the Navigator? Isn't that that movie where they crash and the, where Giovanna Ribisi crashes in the desert and they have to build the plane back with rubber bands or something? No, and... this one's where this uh, this kid disappears in 1978 for eight years and nobody knows where he went, but he comes back and he looks exactly the same. 
And uh, they don't really realize what's wrong with them. And then there's like the spaceship, and it turns out he was with these aliens the whole time and stuff. Thanks for giving um, it all away. Thanks no for problem. ruining the film for me. That's only like the first like half hour. But what is the movie I'm thinking of? You know the one that came out like three, four years ago? The plane crashes. With Giovanni Ribisi? Giovanni Ribisi is in it. And the plane crashes in the desert. I want to say Nicolas Cage is in it, but I don't think he is. I'm thinking of Con Air. Um, but there was a, there's a plane that crashes in the Mojave or something. And it's like Lost, but it, but it's but without all the crazy uh, sci-fi stuff. And it, but it's just like a plane that crashes in the desert, and they have to survive. And then all of them have to pull their uh, you know their resources together and their efforts together to to build the plane back basically from scratch in the middle of the desert and get it to take off. I have never even heard of that movie. Not to be, and it came out like five years ago. Not to be confused with the last flight of Noah's Ark, uh, starring Ricky Schroeder. Well, whatever. <laughs> All right, let's pay a visit to the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. This is your personal savior. He's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. Showers will cool us off today. High temperatures will be in the 60s. Oregon's unemployment rate has dropped 0.1%. But that means it still holds at... 12%. Okay, and here's the thing about that, by the way. I hate to be interjecting all over the top of you right from the very beginning. The, uh, we, I saw that last night where they said, hey, good news. The unemployment rate is down from 12.1 to 12. Except here's the thing. the That's still a record because the last time they were claiming it was 12, and in reality they adjusted it retroactively, and it was actually only 11.9. In other words... The last time we set the record, it was actually a little bit lower than they claimed. So this is actually now the highest unemployment we've ever had uh, as of now. Because uh, last month, it turned out they overestimated just a bit. So it's all very uh, disconcerting. So at the same time, Governor Kulingowski... Oh, let me get back to this unemployment rate, first of all. Um, uh, To make matters worse, the new two-year state budget calls for more cuts for state employees. Up to 1,700 jobs... No, who gets the axe? Education, human services, public safety, community colleges, and higher education will be cut 14% because we want an ignorant electorate. At the same time, Governor Kulingowski wants to spend $90 million on what he calls emergency summer jobs. Now, this sounds like something that Roosevelt created during the Great Depression. It's similar. Kulingowski wants 12,000 of these jobs paying between $8.40 and 10 bucks an hour. Not very much, but better than nothing for some. Some of these jobs will be conservation jobs. Others will be with nonprofits. Washington Governor Gregoire signs a new law giving same-sex couples identical rights as married straight couples. But she doesn't call it marriage to upset people. The new rights include using sick leave to care for a domestic partner, the right to wages and benefits of an injured partner, and insurance rights. Troutdale's mayor warns you kids and adults. Not to swim in the Sandy River. It's too fast. You could drown. Some already have. Why is that? Well, fast-melting snow has created dangerous conditions. One resident warns, there's a lot of stuff underwater people don't see. That's creepy. All right. And by stuff, they mean... Uh, Whatever is floating around in Trotdale. I was going to make a Swamp Thing reference, and it doesn't really work. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Meanwhile, American Express will eliminate 4,000 jobs. They need to slash $800 million in costs for the remainder of the year. They layoffs are about 6% of the uh, credit card issuer's current global workforce. That's American Express. Wow. I wish I had a recording of this, and I looked all over the place. It has not yet been released, but I can't wait for it to happen. An Ohio man who argued with his grown son, who was living at home, over his messy bedroom, called 911. 
Andrew Misark called authorities after his 28-year-old son, who's a school board member in the Cleveland suburb of Bedford, threw a plate of food across the kitchen table and made a fist at him when he was told to clean his room. His name was Andrew. Andrew lives at home in his parents' basement. The father declines to press charges and told police he doesn't want to ruin his son's political career. <laughs> How long before we find out exactly who Andrew is? Uh, uh, that's awesome. He works as a political consultant, and he's lucky to be living in the house rent-free. Now he promises to clean that room up. Excellent. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, get caught up later on in the hour. We're, uh, are, we, are we attempting to, uh, to to work with CNN? I'm moving them around like puzzle pieces. Yeah, everything that we tried to book today didn't quite work. That's, that's, well, it's that's still wonderful. early in the day. Well, apparently everybody's, I, I was going to say dying of swine flu. That's not really the case. Uh, apparently there's some resurgence of the, the swine flu, and I don't really care about that. Everybody loves the swine flu. So I do care about the fact, here's my thing, it's, it's always kind of the story behind the story, so I think we're all, we've all moved on for the swine flu, but I am intrigued by the idea that now apparently there's a huge wave of people actually getting it, but no one no one cares about it. And so Steve Kastenbaum in New York City is being sent out to cover a thing that by definition he knows that nobody cares about. So that's got to be an interesting way to spend your day. Oh, and then, there, uh, and then uh, not to be too uh, guaranteesy about it, but I guess there has been a big development in that, uh, in that MySpace uh, sentencing, which uh, something... A development I did not anticipate. What is it, Sarah Dillon? Is it a ah, you have to wait to find out <laughs> in your face. Uh, let's do one more. Here's Tim Riley. Uh-oh. According to page six, Mel Gibson's musician girlfriend, who's, well, quite a bit younger than he is, is pregnant with a holy hunks love child. That's their words. Gibson, who's divorcing his wife in 28 years, Robin, has reportedly told his family that Oksana Grigberg-Grigberg, some Russian lady who said 39 is three months pregnant. The National Enquirer first reported the news two weeks ago, and the celebrity gossip site TMZ followed with a similar story yesterday. Sources close to Gibson confirm this young lady is expecting. We should find out more later today, perhaps. That's uh, when we talk to Dax Holt from T. He doesn't even sound like a real person. Dax. Dax Holt sounds like a guy who'd be entering a surfing competition in some movie that also stars Matthew Lillard. He doesn't really look like a real person either. I was looking at him on the internet. Does it, doesn't he look like, um, uh, I don't know, help me out here. He looks like a guy who would be in one of those sort of like uh, Paul Rudd movies. You know what I mean? But he would be playing like the Stifler, uh, the Stifler's like, mom uh, dude guy. He looks like the O-Face guy from Office Space. That's true as well. Who? But who is that guy? It, is it William Michael Scott? Is that the guy? It's one of those like three-name dudes. Sean Michael Scott? Oh, Sean Michael Scott from like what, American Pie? He, and he's in Role Stifler? Models? Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he would be in a Sean Michael Scott movie. I could see that. So anyway, Dax Holt from TMZ.com. More from Tim Riley on the way. And are you massaging your glands? Oh, man, I'm just in pain. <laughs> are you afraid that if you massage them too hard, you're going to release germs back into your body, like tipping over a trash can? I don't care. I just want to expel them. Okay. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Don't go anywhere. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Well, to appreciate that girl, you really got to put on your meth goggles. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Kind of looks like you're trying to choke yourself over there. You're putting your hand on your throat. Like, I know you're massaging your glands, but... Yeah. Man, and I was, like, trying to be all responsible, too. Like, I took a, like, a five-hour nap yesterday and then went to bed really early, and it's still not helping. Yeah, well, but that's the best thing. I need thing. to figure out what to do in order to, like, make my glands go down because it's still not working. Well, you could lance them with something. Ew. I've got a ballpoint pen. I'm drinking mint tea right now. I'm hoping maybe that'll... Because the hot feels kind of good. Well, I think hot water in general is good for you. I think mint is more of a stomach thing, I think. 
But I could be making it's the only that caffeine up. caffeine-free one they have, I, and really I can't have my caffeine. Oh, that, uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, don't put it. Yeah, uh. don't, don't screw with your caffeine intake or anything. That's, do you ever do this where occasionally you need a tea that doesn't have caffeine in it, and then you realize how little, uh, how little non-caffeinated uh, liquid you put in your body oh, because yeah. you can't find anything that doesn't have caffeine? It's usually like peppermint, and then that's it. Seriously, that's and I end up just like rooting through the cupboard at home, just trying to find, uh, you know, just trying to find something that doesn't. And then you realize that even stuff that doesn't announce itself as having caffeine is filled with caffeine. Like, I didn't know that green tea had caffeine in it for the longest time. So I kept wondering why I couldn't go to sleep. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How is life, uh, brother? You know, it's good. I uh, have very little, if anything, to complain about, and even if I did, who cares? Because my old man told me, 80% of the people don't care you have your problems. The other 20% are glad you have them. Or caused your problems. That's, that's uh, true. That's what I find. This, probably 15% are glad you have them, and 5% are, in fact, responsible for all the bad things in your life. Absolutely. And they're right. And even as you speak, they are sitting behind a desk somewhere scheming on how to make your life even more difficult. Well, that's fine. As long as they keep paying me, I'm happy. That's what I'm saying. Um, wait, are we still talking about you? No. Oh, okay. Never again, sir. All right, just checking. Um, the let's uh, speaking of uh, well, I, I have no segue here. Um, so we talked yesterday about this Lori Drew uh, woman. She was, this, this, in my opinion, this hideous woman who's responsible for this, you know, this MySpace hoax where she pretended to be a teenage boy and then, right. um, yeah. uh, but you know, the, the kind of um, you know, the befriended and then abandoned this teenage girl who then who then kind of who th- took her own life and it was this whole huge huge scandal. So. Yesterday, you and I were talking about the sentencing, which I guess now didn't happen. It was the most bizarre sentencing hearing I've ever attended. I've attended plenty of them. The judge was really grilling the prosecution, almost having the prosecutor, the U.S. attorney, represent his entire case. You know, what is the crime here? You know, I, I know the judge is considering a motion to overturn the verdict by the defense, but my goodness, it, it, you, you allow both sides to argue and you make your decision and you go on with sentencing. But it's almost as if the judge had forgotten about the trial. Right. He was asking about testimony. He, he wants to read back some testimony. So after about an hour... And this back and forth with this U.S. attorney who you could tell by the look on his face is going, Judge, are you high? Right. Uh, the judge turned to the court reporter and said, how long would it take you to get me this transcript? And we're thinking, what, an hour maybe, you know, we'd go have something to eat? The court reporter says, about 10 days. Ugh. 10 days. <laughs> so meanwhile, this Laurie Drew, who seems to be the luckiest person on the planet, gets to walk away for 10 days. And this poor family who's already broken, I mean, they are divorced now. Uh, this guy's, you know, he says his life's a living hell because the Drews accused him of so many things. The police are watching him. The police said, if anything happens, you better have somebody with you all the time because if anything happens to the Drews, we're coming after you. Right, first. right. I mean, it, 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 it's this fa- this poor, poor family is broken. They were hoping for some sort of closure yesterday, and the judge says, "Hey, we'll come back in ten days." I mean, almost playing with it. It was just, it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And then, so what is it, uh, on what grounds would he even be considering overturning this, this verdict? On, uh, it, it, well, first of all, there's no precedent for this, this right. case. So he's trying to figure out if there's really a crime. At one point he asked, look, if all of this happened because someone was passing notes, would it be the same thing? But because of computers involved. Right. You know, and he, he says, also, people go on these matching sites all the time. They lie about their age. They lie about this. They lie about that. Yeah, Judge, and I'm surprised the U.S. attorney didn't say this. Yeah, Judge, but nobody's died from that. Right. You know, somebody's dead as a result of this woman here. And it was clear the intent to, to ridicule and torment, maybe not 
to to push to the point of suicide, but um, it, 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 still. I mean, the, but the judge is like, judge, dude, there was already a trial. What are you doing? I mean, it's, it's almost like he wasn't there for that. It's like he That's was exactly uh, what I said. And, I, and the U.S. attorney who didn't say anything afterwards, he says, "Well, wait, and when it's over before we talk." I said, "Why would a judge come to a sentencing and not remember the trial?" He just looked at me and said. You hit the mark. Yeah, it's like there was a maybe it's like a, like a, the body snatchers thing. There was a pod judge underneath a bed somewhere, and this uh, you know the, the, the actual judge just sort of returned. But they, so you, I mean, you really you, you just nailed it when you talked about this this woman who's on trial. Just seems to be she does seem to just be the, 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 the luckiest woman uh, alive so far because she's managed to skirt so many possible pitfalls here, and now she gets like another ten days to just sort of walk around where they try to figure out what the hell to do. It's just insane. Yeah, I you know and 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 the. I don't know. Unless the U.S. attorney really comes back with some some real good stuff to say, look, Judge, you you got to send a message right. to cyber bullies. You have to, and you got the chance now. There's no president for it. You have the you can send her to year to prison for three years or a year and a half. I don't care. Send a message. If you let her walk, if you give her probation, then anything that happens after this. It's going to be, well, okay, too bad uh, you're being uh, tormented uh, over the Internet, but uh, there's nothing much we can do about it. Do you figure just that it was that it's such a strange case and there's so little precedent for this that that's why he was having the guy re-present re basically the entire argument so that he could, so that he could, you know, if there's any sort of screeching about it from the defense, that he can say, well, look, you just heard the whole thing again. You know, he's trying to, in other words, kind of cliff notes the entire thing so that there's absolutely See, if, no doubt. If I was the judge, I'd sentence, and if the prosecution, if the defense got up and argued something, I'd say, hey, man, go read the transcript. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sit down and shut up. Read the transcript in 10 hey, days. Give your client a toothbrush. We're taking her away. Oh, good God almighty. All right. Crazy, baby. Crazy. Well, well, on that insane note. All right, my friend. Have a good day to whatever extent that is possible in this topsy-turvy, crazy, mixed-up world. <laughs> we will talk to you soon, brother. Right. Thank you. There you go. Right. That's uh, Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Peachy, how are you? All right, I am. Uh, I'm Dandy. Uh, hey, would you ask Greg if uh, if uh, I'm looking at this uh, the call screen here? If JC can uh, can hang on for a few. Is that a thing that's possible? He's checking. All right, that's great. So, and we have this. By the way, if you if you do call in at some point, uh, we're having I think a phone issue where when you're on hold, you're not actually you're not you know typically when you go on hold somewhere, you can hear the like your call will be taken in the order it was received. There's no on hold message here. I think it's just silence. Oh, so, really? I think it's just That's fun to sit through. I think when you sit there, it's just like dead air, and, it, and you can come to the conclusion pretty easily that you've been disconnected. That isn't the case. So, all right. It's 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, coming up uh, later on in the hour, we have ACDC as well as, yes, The Offspring. Plus more news with Tim Riley. This is Led Zeppelin. It's Rock 101, KUFO, The Rick Emerson Show. show continues next. He's the Uncle Buck of CBS Radio. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Indeed, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Tuesday morning in beautiful Portland, Oregon. Coming up in mere moments, Tim Riley, what stories will we be hearing about? What? It seems that the New Oregon budget calls for 1,700 state jobs to be eliminated. A 90-year-old who fell 90 feet while hiking in the gorge can't wait to heal up and go back and climb some more mountains. The Pentagon will no longer include Bible quotes on its daily briefing to the president. That's 
Really? Have they been doing that? Yes, they have. Is that been. a thing that's a holdover from a previous administration, yes, do you imagine? Is. We're going to hear all about it. And, and we'll hear some of the quotes as well. Fantastic. That'll make your day. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sir, madam, is the case may be. How may I help ye? Good morning, Rick. Hello, sir. How are you today? I am uh, the, uh, Jim Dandy, sir. Excellent. I just would like to say, uh, first of all, I love you, but I also hate you. Uh, because of your uh, mentioning books, first of all, you got me hooked a couple few months ago by mentioning uh, In the Heart of the Sea. Very disturbing. The uh, Nathaniel Philbrick uh, book, In the Heart of the Sea. It's Sarah was just mouthing something. Oh, hello. I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. We couldn't hold back the rock there, and it just came out of nowhere. Turn your radio down. I think it's a nibbler pipe. <laughs> that was fantastic, what you just did there. Did you hear it? Did you everybody hear what he just uh, I did. That I was did. funny. The little... Uh, then suddenly the uh, the student became the teacher right there. That was awesome. Um, so now that my radio has turned out, let me just say this. Nathaniel Philbrick wrote this book called In the Heart of the Sea, The Tragedy of the Whale Ship Essex. And it's the true story of a, of a whale ship that is rammed by a whale and then it sinks. And then everybody's got to spend like the next, you know, six weeks at sea with like no food or water. And it's, it's a totally true story. And it is, in fact, the true story on which the book Moby Dick was based. And it's uh, pieced together through historical documents and narratives. And it's just and it's fantastic and gripping, but probably the bleakest single thing I've ever read in my life. So uh, so I'm glad that I'm not alone in sharing the awful uh, doom laden wonder of that book. Yeah, but the thing was, then it got me hooked on reading about uh, history and whaling and all kinds of good stuff. But um, just to get to, um, under the banner of heaven, I went and uh, you mentioned it, and I said, oh, Rick has such marvelous taste. I best go to the library and pick it up. And uh, I'm just beginning to read it this morning. And uh, Excellent. I had a suggestion. You should do something like every month or so, like the Oprah Book Club, the Emerson Book Club, where you, you – you know, give your suggestions on books because I think at one fantastic. point we had sort of toyed with the idea of doing a book club, and it, but I think that we we never followed through. And in fact, I'm looking here at my sound effects, and I think I actually don't even have the book club music. We'd put us, we had this sort of like cello bed that we were that we were going to be using for that, and I I think we we ended up not pursuing it. But that's that's not a bad idea. So we could bring that back at some point. All right, the Emerson Book Club. All right, what? Is, uh, all right, excellent. Thank I just you. want to say good morning, Sarah. Good morning, uh, Mr. Riley, and uh, you all have a. Great Great day, and we'll talk to you some other time. All right, thank you, my thank friend. You. Thank you. Later. All right, there you go. All right, excellent. Fantastic. That I was did. an upbeat call. I it really that. was. Tim, uh -huh. uh, that's a guy who's full of life and exuberance. Good. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. We're going to cool off today. We have some showers in some spots. Highs will only be in the 60s, so shut off those air conditioners. You won't need them. That Castle Rock High School teacher charged with sexting a 16-year-old student sent her about 100 messages a day. This according to court documents. 27-year-old Dustin King is charged with suspicion of communication with a minor for moral purposes. The gal admitted to exchanging sexually explicit text messages with King over the past week. Governor Kulagowski wants to spend $90 million on what he calls emergency summer jobs. They sound like something Roosevelt would have created during the Great Depression. They're close. Kulagowski wants 12,000 of these jobs, paying between $8.40 and $10 an hour. Some will be conservation jobs. Others will be nonprofits. Nine-year-old Carol Derver fell more than 90 feet hiking in the gorge. He doesn't remember falling or hitting his noggin. Doctors expect his recovery to take about two months. And that can't come soon enough for the feisty fellow. He can't wait to go hiking again. Can't wait to go fall off something else. Troutdale's mayor warned you kids, not to swim in the Sandy River. It's too fast. You could drown. It's caused by... Fast-melting snow. 
Don't ask me the scientific reason for that. Yeah, didn't somebody just drown yesterday there? People are always drowning. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah, I mean, it's, here's the thing. You get a. We, we first of all, we live on a coast, so people are drowning all the time. I'm not trying to make light of it or uh, diminish the loss of human life and blah blah blah. But I mean, we're surrounded by nature, and nature is always trying to kill you. That's just one of the you kids when you go to school. And they talk to you about uh, the glory and the wonder of nature and, the, you know, the God's creation is nature surrounding us and embracing us. Nature hates you. Nature is trying to destroy you at all times. So uh, the best thing you can do is to get rid of it, nature that is, as quickly as possible. Here's Tim Riley. Well, this is rather unnerving, but who's to say? Uh, Pentagon briefings will no longer contain quotes from the Bible. They said as of yesterday, it'll no longer include a Bible quote on the cover page of daily intelligence uh, briefings to the president. In other news, apparently the daily intelligence briefings had Bible quotes on the front of them, like, forever. Since uh, August of 2003. So here are some of them. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him to deliver his soul from death. <laughs> Jesus Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that the city of evil comes as you're able to stand your guard and after you have done everything to stand. Then there's a picture of U.S. tanks going through the desert. <laughs> of course. God loves, God loves war, Tim. He can't get enough of it. So the Reverend uh, Barry W. Lynn says, uh, U.S. soldiers are not Christian crusaders. And they shouldn't be depicted as such. Well, apparently they are. Or Put on war. the armor of God. Yes. It, uh, maybe that's what we're telling the troops in Iraq. Just, uh, no, 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 the armor of God. Just wear that. That'll be fine. Uh, depicting the Iraq uh, conflict as some sort of war is completely outrageous. Well, to some, apparently it wasn't. Jesus, God almighty. So no more Bible quotes. Hard to imagine why people view us as being crazy. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. You know, somebody got shot outside the entrance of the Beverly Center, at least one of them yesterday. Turns out it's one of those rapper guys. His name is Dala. I'm not using an East Coast accent. It is spelled D-O-L-L-A. Jim Roop was uh, theoretically able to talk about that today, but we got uh, so far afield of everything talking about the MySpace thing. Yeah, he was, he's a guy from, he's from Atlanta, I think, and he was there recording a record. And his real name is Roderick. <laughs> Roderick. <laughs> Roderick is the least hip-hop name ever. Actually, we were talking about this uh, yesterday. We were talking about MC Hammer's real name uh, because uh, MC Hammer... Who apparently Greg Nibbler interviewed at one point, and we'll talk more about that later. I think we've yes, got he photographs of it. Is there a photograph of him, of him actually with Hammer? Yes. Or MC Hammer? Uh-huh. Hey, was he, hey, Greg, was he Hammer or MC Hammer at that point? He said that's a good question. No, right. was he Mike Hammer? Is it, is it MC Hammer, detective, the, the, the private eye. Um... But anyway, so there's a photograph of Greg with MC Hammer, but we were having, cool. having this discussion yesterday that he's got a new reality show coming out that is simply called... Sarah, what do you imagine his show is called? Or do you know? Did you see the, did you see the press release I haven't about seen it? the press release. What do you suppose his show is called? I'm sure it's some elaboration on like Hammer Time. Yeah, it is in fact not even an elaboration. It's simply called Hammer Time. Okay. <laughs> it's scheduled to run for 11 episodes. Hammer Time will receive national radio promotion, uh, including appearances on such programs as this one. Because I, I talked to his booker yesterday, and I think Sounds like a home improvement show. We, yes, it's it was running totally tool time. <laughs> Hammer Time with Dave Schmidtke. Um, uh, MC Hammer, Tim, is an iconic figure in American pop culture, but many people only know him for his music and fashion sense. I mean... Fashion I, sense? I was going to say, I really only know him for his fashion sense. Um, now A&E takes an unprecedented look behind his larger-than-life personality and into his life as a devoted husband, father, and business entrepreneur, said Robert Chernow, Senior Vice President A&E. Hammer Time truly captures the intimate, funny, and genuine moments that resonate with our viewers. And then it says, book MC Hammer for your next event. Now, here's the weird thing about this is that, so he's got a reality show coming out. And then he's also doing radio interviews to promote that. And so that's, you know, we may be having him on uh, to promote this TV show. 
But now, it, but then they follow it up by saying MC Hammer also available for live performances or speaking engagements to promote this. Hammer's show is a very high-energy 90-minute show with choreographed dancers. There are to, uh, it says there are 12 to 15 people on stage at all times. Wow. This is, see, for people who don't remember, you kids, you young people in the room, uh, you may not remember that this is how he got into trouble last time. Because after he had the please hammer, don't hurt him thing, he came out with too legit to quit, which is a big follow-up. And you would go to see him in concert, and he had like a thousand people on stage all the time. It was like it was like that band Arrested Development, where there was just like a hundred people and like an old dude shaking a gourd or something. And it's like, how do you pay all these people? <laughs> like, what? What is? How is the payroll for this band possibly structured? Like fifty bucks in a box of lunch. <laughs> Exactly. They'd be in a ShamWow infomercial if they weren't here. Uh, says, Hammer performs all of his hits and will do on-site commercials as well as phoners. Um, and there's a whole list, by the way, of other acts from the same sort of genre that this company books. So I don't have to get to those now. We might uh, Later on in the, uh, the show, we might do that. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. I don't know, does anybody care about the new Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien? Show of yeah. hands? Yeah. You want to hear, hear who the first guest will be? Wait, let me guess. Uh, let me guess who this might be. This uh, is going to be June 1st, by the way, at NBC. All right. The Tonight um, Show with Conan O'Brien. First guest, uh, is it an individual or a group? An individual. Man or woman? And a group. Well, well it can't be both. Sure it can. <laughs> They're two separate guests. Is it a schizophrenic? Um, we're all happy to be here. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not an actual scientific depiction of schizophrenia. Is that a clip from the first show? <laughs> That's just for that guy that always sends us hate mail whenever we make fun of schizophrenics. Um, and by make fun of, I mean uh, gently expound upon with our trademark gallows humor. Um, so, uh, okay, so it's an individual? Yes, one is an individual, another is All a right. group. Uh, man or woman? A man. Singer? No. Actor? Yes. Uh, television or movie? Movie. Over, uh, to the best of your knowledge, over or under the age of... 40. I'm not sure if he's over 40. Mm. All right. Uh, uh, film out within the last year. Yes. Tom Hanks. No. Uh, Brad Pitt. But he's a funny man. He's a funny man. Steve Carell. He's funny, but it's not him. Hmm. And it's not Dane Cook. No. No. Uh, boy, can you just rest assured that Dane Cook will never be on the Conan O'Brien show? I mean, I, maybe he has. Maybe I misjudged Conan terribly. I would be very surprised if Dane Cook is a guy who ever got booked on that show in the future. Conan seems like a person who behind closed doors would just give some sort of stern order that Dane Cook is never to be booked. What about Paul Rudd? Time's up. Okay. Paul Rudd? Will Ferrell. Uh, oh, well, okay. So well, we're, we're okay. Musical accompaniment of Pearl Jam. All right. Well, good for him. Go Conan O'Brien. All right. Well done. All right, I'm glad we did that story, Tim. Mm-hmm. All right. Fantastic. There's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk, ladies and gentle persons. Oh, I thought that was the end. No, no, no. Oh, I just, I'm sorry. Sarah will always give us a rude cutoff signal when it's time to go to a break. Well, Rihanna was spotted at a Big Apple strip club during the weekend. The New York Post reports... The beauty and six buddies took over the VIP room at Flash Dancers in New York City. The posse spent a pretty penny to watch a parade of topless girls do their thing. They reportedly dropped on $2,500 at the club before leaving at 3.30 in the morning. That's just crazy time. Mm-hmm. Rihanna gave out plenty of tips, but passed on the lap dances. That doesn't mean the party wasn't steamy. The singer was reportedly seen smooching all night with one of the guys in her entourage. Well, for the first time, you know, I don't know if I'm comfortable with doctors twittering while they're operating on me. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, taking out guys' spleen, it's awesome. 
So for the first time, doctors have uh, used the Twitter to give consistent updates on a surgery. Okay, that's stupid. It's extremely stupid. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. That's... that's I, mean, I mean, what happens if you have a colonoscopy or something? I think have left towel inpatient. Uh, Unclear. One, we'll see if cramped. And the other oh, hand well. doing something else. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, do this. Uh, you better be careful what he puts where. That's all I can say. Straight ahead, we have... Straight, straight ahead, we have uh, the offspring on the way. Uh, also, Green Day coming up here in just a skosh. More news with Tim Riley. Don Taylor from Cinematical will join us as well. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Here's ACDC. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-228-4101. Hey, by the way, uh, they've installed a zinky new on-air light here in the studio. Not that anybody else can see this or even cares. There's now a big red light that just says on-air whenever a microphone is turned on. It's that was fancy. That was at my request. Uh, even though the computer's you know, totally blocking it for anyone who needs to read even it. Though, even though I'm the only one who can I see it. I didn't know it was there. Even though three-quarters <laughs> of the people involved with the show can't actually see it, or, and it's not visible uh, to anyone but me. It looks like IR. Is that emergency room? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, I I'm requested glad at least this. you know that you're on the air. Here's the thing about, about this on-air light. Let me just... Say that first of all, uh, Matt Green, who was our engineer, is, is a great guy, and I'm glad that he did this. This is a thing that I requested about uh, eight months ago for the studio we were in at that time, because in the uh, previous studio we were, you couldn't sometimes tell when a microphone was turned on, and at a radio station that just seems like an invitation to disaster, because you're always going to have a microphone accidentally turned on, and that's going to be the day you drop something heavy on your foot and you let fly with a massive torrent of profanity, which everybody. This is back and Tim probably remembers this back in the back in the old school, uh, Tim. Before I mean, I know you're a youngster, so you may some, not... some of these young people in here may not remember. <laughs> you may not remember when this happened, but every guy who worked in in radio, everybody who's worked in radio, like for more than I don't know, probably 15 years, probably pre Janet Jackson anyway, has worked at some radio station or another where a microphone was left open. Or whether so, or where something was played on the air, or whether they thought that they were listening to a record. With the, in radio studios, a thing called listening to it in queue, which basically means you're listening to it on a tiny little speaker that is mounted underneath the control board. It's not going over the air. It's like just a closed circuit speaker that is only heard in the studio, and it is not going out over the air, over the broadcast. That's listening to something in queue, kind of like when a DJ queues something up with headphones. And so every guy has worked at a radio station where they thought they were you know, listening to something in queue, and it's like it's like a Slayer album. And then you look up and you realize, no, 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 it's actually turned up and it's going over the air. That's fantastic. Maybe I'll look down and see if the hotline will ring. Um, anyway, so that's why I requested that the on-air light be put in. So now it's, we've moved studio since then because the wheels of CBS grind slowly. So the on-air light is now in here, and the best part is that Sarah can't see it, Tim can't see it, and probably Greg can't see it. So there you go. Fantastic. I didn't know it was there until you brought it up. Well, there you go, Tim. I'm glad you didn't let loose with it that profanity fancy, that's always coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I know. It is horrible, isn't it? All right. Uh, Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Tuesday morning. So they have this workshare. Pro- this is the first I've heard of this. They have workshare now because a lot of employees are being asked to work, you know, different days off the clock or take some time off, like, to be on a furlough. Well, now the state is offering reduced unemployment for those being asked to take this time off. They're being wait, hold on. The state is offering reduced unemployment. Oh, so this is people right. who still is, have jobs, but their no, hours have been cut. Right. It, it's it's been around for a while, and people don't know about it. It's called a work share. Ah, uh, okay. So, so they're we'll not talk more about it. Let me just say this. So they're not cutting your unemployment. They're 
In other words, this isn't like you're getting $100 of unemployment and they're cutting it to 50 This is like you're getting no unemployment, but they're offering offering you 50 as opposed to nothing because you were working fewer hours than you were before. Right, because in a lot of industries, just about everywhere, workers are being asked to take a few days off without pay. We can collect partial unemployment due to this work share program. Who did we just talk to the other day that said that they were working four days a week now instead of five? It was somebody, I don't even remember, it was, it was somebody at a media outlet, I, and I honestly don't remember who. Probably a newspaper. Uh, probably, that does seem likely. Uh, anecdotal evidence would indicate that that's the case. Uh, but, they, they, you know, typically they work on like a Monday through Friday, and they haven't been fired, but the right. company's just like, well, you know, there's not enough work to justify having you here five days a week, so why don't you come in four days a week? And so this would be like you would get one-fifth, maybe, of your unemployment. Exactly. Well, that's good. That is good. So a lot of people don't know about it. Well, you, and there's uh, nothing to be ashamed of with uh, with unemployment. I was talking to somebody Saturday. Well, I would be covered with shame if that was the case. <laughs> We're all covered with shame for different reasons, Tim. I believe so. Um, but I was talking to somebody on Saturday who who had had been let, let go. They've been laid off. And I said, oh, you got that unemployment? And he was like, ah, oh. he's like, I don't know, that's just embarrassing. I'm like, dude, don't, you've, you've got to get over that. That's the sweetest well, that's money you will ever have. Yeah, that is the that is the best money I mean, you will ever earn is I mean, unemployment part money. Part of your, your salary, you're paying into other people's unemployment. So the time comes for you to get into the kitty and take uh, a little for yourself. That's the thing. I mean, it is, look, if there's going to be socialism in this country, the, you know, at least you can wet your beak, friends. So There's right. corporate socialism. Why shouldn't it be for everyone? That's, why should socialists... Socialism only be for the... Why shouldn't I be able to say the word socialism out loud? That's my question. Why should the sibilant S sound prove to be such a uh, hurdle for me lingu- uh, linguistically? <laughs> that was intentional. That was the okay, pun good. right there. Good. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, it, you know, when, you get a, when, you, you know, when you get a job, you are... You're not paying into that directly because the employer pays into it, but yeah. you know. But in a sense, it is a sort of communal pool that it all goes into in a lot of ways. It so that's a thing that everybody should embrace. That's right, Tim. Let the red menace pay your rent. What else are we tracking today, Tim? Uh, a Texas couple, they found a Cheeto in the shape of Jesus, and they call it Cheezus. <laughs> Here's the great thing about that, apart from everything. And it's from Texas. Well, of course. The, the fantastic part Where about... God lives. And is covered in cheese dust, apparently. God lives in a small bag in Texas. Um, the best thing about that, what you just did there, is that I can't, I'm not saying that there isn't a full story to be told, but I can't possibly imagine what the story would have that the headline doesn't. I, mean, I just want to hear the word Jesus over and over again. I mean, I like the idea that Jesus can be purchased out of a vending machine for like $75, though, and that if you save the, uh, the little clippings on the back, you can buy yourself some sunglasses. That's great. All right. It's 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. 503-228-4101. Sarah, uh, what tunes will we be playing for the people here? By Rick Emerson. We're going to hear a little Offspring and perhaps some Green Day. That's fantastic. Here's your Offspring, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Visit KUFO.com right now. Bell tone. All right, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is 503-228-4101. Don't forget at some point today we're going to be giving away this uh, two-disc uh, DVD collection of Max Fleischer's Superman cartoons from 1941-1942. Um, and I haven't seen this actual DVD set. I've seen uh, some of the original cartoons sort of, you know, before they were sort of cleaned up and remastered or whatever. But um, these have been taken right out of the original, from the actual source materials. And Warner Brothers has those in a vault somewhere. And uh, we got an email yesterday from a guy who said uh, that this reissue is just is fantastic. So we're going to be giving uh, that away. Don Taylor will join us from Cinema. 
Cinematical uh, later on, as well as Dax Holt. And here's the thing. I just got to say this now. Nobody could be cooler than that. <laughs> or you, have a cooler name. You can tell he's awesome, Tim, because there's an X in his name. Um, hey, watch it. <laughs> I'm just... Oh, sorry. Uh, so, well, I wasn't being uh, I wasn't being ironic, Sarah. I meant that sincerely. It's you and David X. Cohen. So here's the thing about Dax Holt, is that every time I go to say Dax Holt, I just think of Joe Bluth from Arrested Development saying, Steve Holt is a bastard. He doesn't even know who his real father is. Um, and so I'm going to try... Maybe Dax Holt is a big fan of Arrested Development. I, well, you've got to imagine he's heard that before. Somebody's probably come up and made a Steve Holt reference to Dax Holt. Anyway, so... I'm going to look him up on the internet and see if I can find out his favorite TV shows. Please do. And then ask him what it was like to play Curtis Lemansky in The Shield. Actually, never mind. It's a 1% joke. He's Because he's like a blonde, L.A.-looking guy. I mean, that's the only way to describe him, right? Um, MySpace is Daxalicious. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's well done, Dax Holt. So we should say very quickly, the reason we're talking about this is because uh, for a long time we've had uh, a woman named Katie Darrell, who we love, as one of our, one of our favorite people. Katie Darrell has been the correspondent from TMZ.com uh, for this show, and she has a new show called Deadline, which is on HDNet that she's uh, spending a lot of her time on. So for the time being, we're going to be talking to some different people uh, from TMZ because Katie is focusing on Deadline, and we're going to get her back on at some point in the near future. But for, for today and probably for the next few weeks at least, we're going to be talking to some uh, some uh, different persons from TMZ. And today, I don't even know who it is. They just told me, you're going to be talking to a guy named Dax Holt. And I sat and I looked at it, and Dax Holt sounds a lot like a Zap Brannigan or something. It just seems like some sort it seems of... seems like a fake name. It does. It seems like, you know, like some sort of weird, out of, like space pirate kind of name. But you look at his MySpace. Is it Daxalicious, you said? Is that MySpace.com MySpace slash Daxalicious. And he does look like the prototypical L.A. guy in so many ways. And he, in turn, looks a lot like the guy that played uh, Curtis Lemansky in The Shield. Anyway, all right. His favorite shows are Heroes, The Soup, Kathy Griffin, My Life on the D-List, Intervention, Bronco Games, and Spanish TV shows. Oh, he was just too cool for words. <laughs> does, he, does, he, does he say that one of his favorite shows is uh, the one that happens in the full-length mirror in his room every day as he stares at himself and thinks, by God, Dax Holt, you're, you're righteous. Actually, this television section does start out with, since this is my passion in life, that is because I want to be on it, not because I like to sit and watch TV. All right. Look, we've already just passed all kinds of judgments on him, and we've never even, we've never even sp- spoken with him. So, all right, at the, the uh, news desk, ladies and gentlemen, passing judgments of his own, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. So things are getting better with unemployment. Well, not that great, actually. Oregon's unemployment rate has dropped 0.1%. But holes for at 12% to make matters worse. The new two-year state budget calls for more job cuts for state employees. Up to 1,700 jobs. Who gets the axe, you ask? Education? Human services? Public safety? All the things that make your life better. Community colleges and higher education will also be cut. 14%. Washington Governor Greg Waugh signs a new law giving same-sex couples identical rights to married straight couples without calling it marriage. The new rights include using sick leave to care for a domestic partner, the right to wages and benefits of an injured partner, and insurance rights, just to mention a few. Well, a Texas couple recently found a heavenly surprise in a bag of Cheetos. According to Dallas CBS 11 one of our sister stations, Dan and Sarah Bell found a Jesus-shaped Cheeto last week. I just looked over uh, and I, I went, wow, it does look like, it looks like a uh, praying Jesus. Our nickname is 
cheeses. The cheeses is about two inches tall. Despite missing a right arm, the bells see a body, hair, robe, even a tiny face. Wait a minute. Creepy. Hold on. Let's back up for a second. So, I can't believe I'm trying to analyze this seriously, but their rationale for believing it's Jesus is that it's a guy with hair and a robe. Yes. You know, you go to the gym downtown, you go to like that 24-hour fitness, half the guys there, hair, in fact, probably everybody there, hair and a robe of some kind. I mean, the, what's his name with the big Lebowski? Hair and a robe. Charles Manson, hair and a robe. That guy on the... That Xerxes or whatever it is, that guy, Mork and Mindy, whatever that guy, the, uh, the weird, uh, you know, nutcase that lives across the hall, hair in a robe. Is there any sort of ancillary evidence here that, it's, that it looks like Jesus and not just like some guy with, quote, hair in a robe and one arm? No, that's it. All right. Can you play that soundbite one more time? I sure can. I just looked over um, and I, I went, wow, it does look like, it looks like a uh, praying Jesus. Our nickname is... Cheeses. The cheeses is about two inches tall. Despite missing a right arm, the bells see a body, hair, robe, even a tiny face. Yes, newsroom budgets are being cut everywhere, but we still have time to send crews out to cover things like this. And I think that is, by the way, that is in Deuteronomy where it says that Jesus has a tiny face like Tila Tequila. So the, the, the best part about that clip is how when the woman who sounds really smart, mm-hmm. is, is talking about this. She makes it sound as though it, it, it's like their nickname that is Jesus. Like that, that's clever. what people call, you know, the couple. Like, oh, there's the bells. We just call them Mr. and Mrs. Jesus. So, and then as you noted, the, the, the newsroom is laying off people left and right and <laughs> furloughing uh, employees. And just, you know, people have to go get on welfare. And meanwhile, they're sending some uh, camera crew out to film some rednecks who found something that looks like Jesus in a Cheetos bag. What is the what radio or TV station is this? That is CBS 11 in Dallas. I'm going to see if there's a full-length report on this. All right, let's see. Uh, do you have a photo of the, of the, of the Jesus, Tim? I, I did earlier. Uh, I'm looking at it. Here's one. It. All right. There's the Jesus. Well, okay. To be fair, <laughs> that looks a lot like the biblical representations of Jesus that I've seen. <laughs> Okay, I was making fun a second ago, but I'll be damned if that doesn't look like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but made out of cheese and paste. So, you see, Jesus and God live in Texas. All right, hold on a second. Now, how do you... Okay, this I know this sounds retarded. I'm at the site, uh, which is cbs11tv.com. How do, I, how do I search for this? Do I... How do you spell Jesus? <laughs> C-H-E-E-S-U-S. All right. So I realize if I search for Jesus, then that's going to bring No, up... I have two different spellings here. Oh, God. I have what, what alternate explanation or spelling for Jesus could there be? I don't know, but uh, oh, by the way, the woman's heard of the image of oh, Jesus. Sorry, or... wait, hold on, I'm pausing it. Go ahead. Oh well, the woman says uh, it's just a reminder of God's blessing on I mean, us it all. It is a reminder of our blessings from God. He loves snack food. Primarily, I think it's a funny Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, yes, I, really? Ironically enough, this show is also a funny Cheeto. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, because they pay us to sit here and talk about Cheetos. We've all heard of the image of Jesus turning up in unlikely places. One North Texas family says they found him in a popular snack food. TXA 21's Beth Wagner has the... I've gone to the same school as every other TV reporter. My inflections are completely unsurprising. But look at my legs. We were leaving town and... Uh, I stopped by, filled up with gas. Okay, so this guy... Uh, this is the backstory of I'm, the Jesus. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking at the on-screen graphic. 
We're investigating this further. First of all, they've misspelled Cheeto. How hard? You've got the bag in front of you. How hard is it to misspell Cheeto? The news, this, uh, and I say this as a CBS employee, by the way. We are now speaking about colleagues. It's CBS 11 TV in Dallas. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to, to spell something that's right in front of you? They've, they've misspelled it twice on the screen because they use the word Cheeto twice on the Maybe screen. Maybe they use the Texas spelling. They, it's, it's, a, it's a regional colloquialism. They, up here at the top, what, what would you suppose they're calling this story? What do you suppose the name of the story is? Jesus Saves? <laughs> no. See, that's way more clever. It just says, Cheeto Jesus? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> and then there's three lines of text. Then below it, it says Dan Bell. And then how they'll say, like, you know, the, the description, like it would say, Sarah X. Dillon, you know, uh, local morning wacketeer. Uh, it, and so then... Right here says Dan Bell, and below that he is identified as Cheeto Discoverer, which makes it sound as though he discovered Cheetos, like the whole snack, like he discovered them growing in a forest somewhere. All right, so he looks like Carl Rose. Cheetos is making me want to eat them. <laughs> Don't then see why would you eat uh, something that is the representation of? I our kind Lord of want to buy a bag of Cheetos and see if I can find a shape. See, and there's, then take a there, there's of not a Jesus it. in every bag though. <laughs> Isn't Jesus in everything? <laughs> I promise a Jesus in every bag. You know was in there. I bought some snacks. Inside a 99-cent bag of Cheetos, Sarah and Dan Bell found something unique. I was putting them in my hand and eating them out of my hand, and I had eaten most of the ones out of my hand, and this one was still left. I have to say, by the way, they don't look like rubes, uh, to be fair. They don't yeah, look, they sound like them. They, they don't look like rednecks. That's where the accent is a little deceptive. Uh, they, they look like a, a fairly upscale couple. Laying there, and I said, oh, my gosh, look at this. It really looks like a person in a row praying. I, mean, I just looked over, uh, and I, I went, wow, it does look like. It looks like a uh, praying Jesus. Our nickname is... Jesus. The Jesus is about two inches tall. Despite missing a right arm, the bells see a body, hair, robe, even a tiny face. I mean, it is a reminder of our blessings from God, but primarily I think it's a funny Cheeto. Jesus has shown up before in Houston, Missouri, and on YouTube. The Bell's Cheeto ended up front page on the Preston Hollow People newspaper. Oh, for the love of God! See? Okay, Beth Wagner, who is the woman reporting this on on the scene, she's the on-site reporter, not the anchor, but the Mm on-site reporter, she then holds up whatever the local picayune is, the local newspaper, and it's the front-page story. And this isn't like a, we got like 10 seconds left of this story, and then we'll, then we'll take a break here. But the, uh, I see Sarah give me the uh, the hairy eyeball about that, because Jesus is, it's not my fault, it's Jesus' fault, Sarah. But she's holding Jesus a, take the wheel. This is a this is a real newspaper. It's a front page story for the love of the big question. What to do with it now? My first uh, reaction was, um, let's put this on eBay. And then we said, how much do you think we should ask for it? You know, it could be twenty five cents. It could be twenty five dollars. Thing is, if it's only twenty five cents, we're probably just going to eat it. <laughs> well, now the North Texas family is keeping it in a plastic box. Beth Wagner, TXA Twenty One News. Is that what we call a tagline now? They're keeping it in a plastic box. All right, that's wonderful. Okay. So, what is the the title? Of Eating Jesus. That's a, that's a good tag to end on there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Later on, Don Taylor from Cinematical. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Here's Pink Floyd.
The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. What? Man, Sarah and her Dylans. On Rock 101, KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentle persons. It is uh, Tuesday. It's 503-228-4101. We will uh, have more news and merriment with Tim Riley in just a moment. By the way, we were just... So we were just playing this uh, Jesus story from Dallas. And the headline says it all. North Texas couple finds uh, Cheetos shaped like Jesus. This, I swear to God, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, this is one of the big breaking stories of the year. You can already tell this, this, they're, in, they're running for some sort of local uh, journalism award. So I, was, I went to their website, and here's the thing, which is maybe not so surprising. Sarah, if I were to ask you right now, how many Cheetos shaped like Jesus stories has this one station in Dallas covered in the last year? Four. Three. Oh. I mean, not four, but three. Here's another one. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. That's me. I got my uh, computer uh, potted down here. And we've seen an image many thought was the Virgin Mary on a grilled cheese sandwich. There was also the pretzel that resembled the Virgin Mary holding baby Jesus, by the way. And now another sighting. I think that I found Jesus on a Cheeto, as funny as it sounds. Yeah, it sounds pretty funny. <laughs> this is the Cheeto in question. So this is, I guess, this uh, this is more of like a the, the news morning show or whatever. This is at the <clears throat> CBS 11 TV in in uh, Dallas. So this is a Cheeto. It basically it's shaped like a it's it's shaped like a, a what do you call it? a slingshot? I mean, it's just a big Y, <clears throat> you know, or just like a like a dowsing rod or something. Pardon me. But. So, but of course, because it's shaped like a Y, it must, of course, be the image of Jesus. It's like, here's what it is. It's like Jesus was playing charades and he was trying to, you know, and he was trying to depict the crucifixion or something. And he's sort of, no, 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 it's uh, it's four syllables. Okay, like this. And then he's just posing. Or as though somebody were doing the Y and the YMCA dance. Because there's no, there's no cross, of course. It's just the figure. So this oh, is. I've like, seen that picture of that Jesus before. I think this is the this is the morning show, the kind of Good Morning America, or you know, the, the, you know, Good Morning Portland, or whatever. But it's Closely, the Dallas version. Do you see a resemblance to Jesus on the cross? Kelly Ramsey did. In fact, she calls her discovery Cheeses, and she says she plans to keep this Cheeto in a safe deposit box until she can find a place to display it. For <laughs> Are you kidding to me? To hand it down from generation to generation as a family heirloom. Wow. People to enjoy. But was it a casino website in uh, Vegas that was buying them all? Yeah. That bought all that stuff? Yeah, but I, I think that there were so This is many really gripping news reporting they're doing here. Slowly I have to go buy Cheetos immediately. This is like I did a story on cheese or Jesus toast a few years ago and hmm. I think they got a hundred bucks for it or something. Journalism. <laughs> She's a class act. Well, you know, the CBS eleven is going for an Edward R. Murrow award and it. They're going to keep doing these stories till they get it. Seriously. For the love of God. Something. All right. Ladies, <laughs> I got me my journalistic re- principles and reporting and something. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. So the new state budget for the next couple of years calls for getting rid of over 1,700 state jobs. So that's bad. And uh, they're going to ask a few other things, too, like education, which nobody really needs anymore, Uh, human services, because nobody needs help, and public safety, because we all feel much better now that there are a million unemployed people running around our neighborhoods raising havoc. (laughs) 
<laughs> what if from whatever would we need protection, Tim? Sounds like society's just going to be getting better with every passing day. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Excellent. So that's good. So the governor wants to create these uh, emergency summer jobs. Not, they're not going to pay much. But if uh, you're a young person and want to make some extra money, they pay between eight forty and ten bucks. I guess adults can do them too. These are conservation jobs. Uh, you're going to be digging ditches and, and sawing wood and clearing brush, and uh, some of these jobs will be at nonprofit organizations. That's almost like a uh, like a new deal, yeah. uh, kind of a thing. So it hasn't gone through yet, but that's what he wants. Twelve thousand of these jobs. Right. So we'll see what happens. So uh, getting back to this twittering while surgery thing. <sighs> For the first time ever, doctors have used Twitter to give constant updates while they're doing this operation. And it happened at UT Southwestern Medical Center, which is in Dallas, Texas, home of Jesus and the Cheeto. <laughs> Jeez, I'm Jesus. Oh, come on. That was a little alley-oop. That was a little morning show alley-oop. Hold on. I'm Jesus. I'm a Cheeto? And we're Jesus no, and the Cheeto. Okay. Oh, you would be Mary. <laughs> yeah. There should, oh, OMG, there should totally be a morning show that's like Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That would be like on the fish. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. With traffic. Something, something, Immaculate Radio, something. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So getting back to the story. Dallas. The oh, child right. surgeon, Dr. Deb Dusay, explained that the family chose to give play-by-play on the procedure on the World Wide Web. Let's see if I can find this here. Uh, okay, right here. Because both father and son were in different hospitals, the recipient's mother, you know, was going to be on pins and needles. So the idea came about that she could potentially get frequent live updates about what was happening in each operating room. Now, please describe how the team twittered during the surgery. In this case, one of the nurses from our transplant team was speaking to someone who was on a laptop and supplying the live updates. I can send some malpractice suit coming here somehow. Doesn't that seem like a thing that is just uh, ripe for disaster, though? Yes. Because that's basically, that's like having a court, uh, what do you call it, the transcriber or the court reporter? You know, the person who sits there with the, 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 the uh, what's it, the short the short key, shorthand? I can't think of what anything's called. Sarah, what's that called? You know that little thing that the court reporter uses? It's not oh, like regular, that. is it like a shorthand thing? Is that what it's called? Can't remember. What we don't talk about. They use that typewriter, yeah. and you know, and, and so there'll be an outburst, and the guy goes, "Can you read that back to me?" And he reads it back, and it's like, "You mf'er, I will kill you and stomp on your grave or whatever." The doesn't it seem like twittering while your the surgery is going on because the surgeon himself isn't doing it. There's a transcriptionist or whatever there that is in the Twitter out. Can't you just see a lot of twitters coming down? Like everything's progressing normally. You know, the patient is 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 you know is in stable condition, heart rate normal. Hey, what's that thing? Oh God! I think I, I think I, I think I spilled my coke inside the patient. Oh God! Get a hose! Oh, there's ice all over his thoracic cavity. Hey, wait a minute! Where are my forceps? Oh God! Is that a cockroach? Turn that thing off! And it's just you know, and you're just seeing the like the foam away from his mouth. <laughs> live, damn it, live! Twittered three seconds ago. Well, there's disappointment in Iowa today. The previous hokey pokey world record still stands after a failed attempt last weekend to break it. Several thousand people turned up in Council Bluffs, Iowa, gathered to set a new Hokey Pokey record for dancing as part of the city's annual Celebrate Council Bluffs Parade. However, they fell short when organizers said that more than 4,000 dancers just weren't enough, and everyone went home in tears. Hokey Pokey sounds like some sort of poorly executed porn film. In Iowa? Yes. I don't want to think about Iowa porn. In Iowa. (laughs) On that note, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Coming up, we have Don Taylor from Cinematical. Ooh, we'll find out. At the, uh, we'll get more information on Greg Nibbler's uh, encounter with MC Hammer some years ago. 
Uh, let's see what else is coming up. We have this uh, pair of DVDs, the Max Fleischer Superman collection to be giving away as well. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. On the air, says the large red glowing sign that no one can see. Over here in the corner of the studio. Blocked by a computer monitor. 503-228-4101. Science! Working for you. Oh, hey, speaking of Cinematic Titanic, uh, which that guy just was uh, during that uh, last commercial from one of our many fine paying sponsors. So we have just confirmed uh, tomorrow on this very fine radio show, Joel Hodgson uh, from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Wow. Um, he's, gonna, he's not going to get to town until um, till Friday, so it's going to be, uh, be a phone interview. this weekend? That is this Friday and Saturday. It's two shows. Uh, Friday and Saturday at the Newmark. Um, wait a minute. No, it's not. Is it? What the hell is today? What is today? Today's the 19th. Today's the 19th. Okay, so it's actually, so it's uh, next Friday. Uh, it's going to be next Friday. Um, and, and I've seen Cinematic Titanic in Seattle, and it is goddamn hilarious. It's uh, No, it's it's awesome. It, 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 and it essentially is just a live version of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And somebody asked me, so jumping ahead of ourselves here, somebody asked me the difference between Cinematic Titanic and Rift Tracks. And the difference between Rift Tracks, and we've also, and you know, a lot of times people think that there's some sort of a, you know, that there's a rivalry, or that there's a, like a falling out or whatever. And both of those guys, Mike Nelson, who was the, the host of the latter half of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and Joel, who created the show and did the hosting for the first half, I mean, they've, they've spoken very highly of one another uh, in public, and they've, you know, the, the, the kind of praised each And they've actually had some crossover uh, between the two in terms of appearing on each other's works. But the deal with Rift Tracks is Rift Tracks specializes primarily in recently released Hollywood film, like they did The Happening. Uh, is that how you watch The Happening with the Rift Tracks commentary? Because yes, that's the only way you could watch that mm-hmm. movie and not have it just render you permanently stupid. Um, so Rift Tracks focuses on recent releases and big budget films, whereas Cinematic Titanic. Uh, they kind of continue the Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing of uh, doing films that are like, you know, 35, 40 years ago. I mean, really terrible, like 1960s B films. Anyway, so Cinematic Titanic coming to town for two nights, uh, and we'll be talking to Joel tomorrow uh, at 8 a.m. Well, you know, and the cool thing about that is, in addition to the fact that it's just cool in and of itself, mm-hmm. is that that means we have talked to both Joel and Mike. So it's like we've sort of, we've completed both halves of the uh, of the thing. Outstanding. The thing with two halves. <laughs> anyway, Tim Riley's tracking these uh, headlines on your Tuesday morning. The new Oregon budget cuts could get rid of 1,700 state jobs. Court documents allege that Castle Rock High School teacher exchanged 100 messages a day with a 16-year-old student. And could something common in your medicine cabinet destroy your balance and put you in a wheelchair? Oh, I hope so. Please let it be true. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, Don Taylor from Cinematica will be uh, joining us here in just a uh, short while. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello, Rick Emerson. What uh, What will you be sharing with the people today? Is it something crippling? Uh, God, I hope so. Is it something that's, uh, and by crippling, I mean hilarious? Crippling, crippling in its exciting joy and entertainment value. <laughs> oh, wait, is that Don's mic or is that my... Well, my sounds, well, let's just move forward. All right. Yeah. Sorry, just making a mental note. Uh, we have a we have vampires from HBO season one. We have a movie about Star Wars geeks, and we have an 
excellent Robert Mitchum movie uh, on Criterion. Not only teasing with one sentence each, working in the rule of three. Well done, Don Taylor. Thank you. Uh, all right. So before we just get the completely far field from everything here, what with all the vampires and the, uh, hey, I'm in a wheelchair all of a sudden. Um, so Greg Nibbler, uh, so the, the production assistant extraordinaire, yesterday correctly deduced that the guest we were offered via... This bright red paper that arrived over the fax machine was MC Hammer because he's got a reality show that's going to be launching on on A&E. And the idea that A&E, which at one point, look, I'm not trying to diss the hammer, but that that stood for the Arts and Entertainment Network, which at one point just meant that it was nothing but Hercule Poirot, uh, you know, and like and like Edward Gorey stuff floating around all the time. What is it now? Well, do you know that A&E stands for nothing now? It actually, there, it does not stand for anything. It's like AT&T doesn't stand for anything anymore. AT&T once stood for, anyone? Don't Atlantic know. Telephone and Telegraph. I thought it was American Telephone and Telegraph. Was it Atlantic? It might have been. I'll defer to your uh, expertise in this, but it was but Telephone it and Telegraph. Yeah, Telephone and Telegraph. Now, officially, it stands for nothing. It just stands for AT&T, because obviously Telegraph is a thing of the past, blah, blah, blah. So, um... So the Hammer Time is going to be this 11-episode uh, series that they're going to run. It says, book MC Hammer for your next event now, in all caps. He's available for live performances or speaking engagements. He loves to do press, and all arrives a day early into any city he performs in. He performs all of his hits, blah, 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 blah. And then it says, also available for bookings. And this is like the time that Sarah and I were all obsessed with getting, uh, what's his name, Timmy T mm-hmm. on the show. Timmy T of One More Try fame. And we had this whole thing. Okay, so what we were going to do, we were going to do a whole week of initial guys. It was going to be Timmy T, Stevie B. Uh, I think we did a top five of, like, all initials. Heavy D. <laughs> There's, this sounds like a bad gag, but there was there was, like, five guys we were going to do. Uh, who are the other two? <laughs> it was Stevie B, Timmy T, Heavy D. Uh, it wasn't Chunky A. There's two more. I can't remember. Mr. It's, T. It's eluding me. Now, see, but they were all, I think they were all uh, musical acts of some kind. Anyway, so also available for bookings from the same company that handles MC Hammer. Yes, we could be speaking with Belle Biv DeVoe. In other news, Belle Biv DeVoe still exists. Uh, let's see. Also, Bobby Brown, Heavy D, uh, let's see, and uh, J.J. Fad, ladies and gentlemen. So if you would like to relive 1985 all over again, uh, you need only contact the booking company for MC Hammer. So Greg Nibbler, actually, you would, met him at the Consumer Electronics Show? Yeah, I was at the Consumer Electronics Show in January. And so did you have any idea that he was there? I mean, you would like you didn't go there. You know, I'm going to the Consumer Electronics Show to see Hammer. <laughs> yeah, no, it was actually it was a complete surprise because, I mean, you walk around there. I mean, it's a huge booth. It's a huge area just for one thing. And so there's just thousands of people there. And so it's not that surprising to see some celebrities because uh, booths will pay, like companies will pay to have a celebrity come and stand there just so you go look at whatever their right. high-tech crap no, is. No, so Hammer is the bright, shiny object. Yeah, but uh, he wasn't there. He wasn't being paid to be there, I don't think. He was he just wasn't hanging part of out like yeah, Carl Weathers. Yeah, no, he was just there. And that's why it was so so weird. because He's, I saw Sinbad at Macworld, and he was just shopping. Sinbad? Yeah, he was just walking around shopping. Awesome. I like the idea that MC Hammer just didn't have anywhere to be that day, and so he decided to stand inside a booth at the Consumer Electronics <laughs> Show. He's like the Art Alexakis of the, uh, of the hip-hop world. Can I just sit in this chair? Well, are you here to be on the radio? No, I just don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, do we have to? Uh, shall we continue this on the other side, as Let's they say, it. Sarah Dillon? Because right. we right. have some um, amazing audio. From... Are you eating Cheetos? I am. Um, have you found anything that looks uh, sacrilegious? No, but I will look at each one before. All right, excellent. And then we should find one in here and take a picture of it and start a new room. Make sure you don't eat anything that looks like our savior. Oh, your, that... your penance is to eat the whole bag. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Back after this. Pick up the phone and call 1-800-344-KUFO. I was going to tell them they could also rob them and stick them in their coin. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Here's the thing about that Brett Michaels quote just now, and that was Brett Michaels of Poison fame. Just viewed as a self-contained sentence, there's no linguistic structure of any kind that makes any sense. Also, I can't even remember what he was talking no, about. No, that's the thing. I don't remember what he was talking about. I think it may have been dye packs that people steal from a bank, because I think there may have been a guy who shoved up some money into his pants and then ran out the front door and poof, uh, suddenly bright pink junk. Uh, but also, it, I don't understand why he would say it in reference to this show. Like th- That also makes no sense. Well, all right. Uh, Don Taylor from Cinematical is here. Uh, we'll be talking about the new releases on uh, DVD uh, in just one moment. Tim Riley, what headlines are you preparing for the good people of Portland, Oregon today? Uh-oh. It looks like Oregon <laughs> ethics law may prevent Silverton's transgendered male from doing a reality television show. Portland's ethics law? Ethics. Ah, okay. I was... Ethics. Right, ethics, okay. All right. E-T-H-I-C. Okay, I'm just gonna... Oregon's unemployment rate dropped 0.1%. Which doesn't make anybody feel any better. It's still 12%, actually. Governor Kulagowski wants to spend $90 million to create 12,000 summer jobs. We'll see if that happens. And Troutdale's mayor warns you, kids, stop swimming in the Sandy River. You're going to drown. Excellent. All right. Uh, so Greg Nibbler is here. And so when we last left you, uh, Greg Nibbler, you were talking about how you went to the Consumer Electronics Show. And there, for no readily apparent reason, was uh, was MC Hammer. And he was MC Hammer at this point. Well, that's the one thing that I didn't know. We didn't know what to call him. I mean, we were sitting there back, at, you know, we're walking around the booth and we just see him standing there looking at a computer or something like that with his buddy. And we're like, <laughs> can I get free Internet access here? I'm trying to check hot jobs. <laughs> like, and he obviously wasn't there for the booth. There was nothing set up for him. There wasn't a stage. It's just like, well, there's a hammer. Hey, so, is there a printer? I need to print out these there's coupons. Hammer. So you so you called him Hammer, not MC Hammer? Well, that was the thing. I didn't know what to what call him. What would you call him? Yeah. MC? Okay, let me just... Let's do a little I'd probably call him Mr. Hammer, but then C? I'm a dork. I was going to... But see, Mr. Hammer sounds like some sort of... A, Mr. Hammer sounds like the animated uh, mascot in some sort of like a... Or a Fisher Price toy. That, or, or like one of those, like he would be like one of the, in one of those little uh, films they show at Home Depot at the end of aisle display to like tell you, you know, you may wonder what kind of mallet you need for your job. I'm Mr. Hammer and I'm here to tell you, you know, and it's like, then they show like the rubber one you just use for baseboard stuff. Uh, so, all right. So, Sarah, let's pretend that I am uh, this, well, see, this I would, celebrity. I would do that thing. I would do that thing where um, if like in life when I don't remember somebody's name, I'd be like, oh, hi. You? You? Hey, buddy. <laughs> great, hey, pal. great to see you, guy with all the hits. All right. I would say Hammer, uh, only because because it, it, because it is referencing him uh, by his stage name while being a little casual. It's not like you're using the whole Mr. Blah, 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 because I would say in this it, in this context, MC is interchangeable with, with Mr. You know, it'd be like uh, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. So this is, you know, MC Hammer would be the full name almost. So you'd say Hammer. Plus, then you're like that kid who's in the Pepsi commercial. Uh, that came out in uh, 1990 where he begins singing the, 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 the feeling song and then the kid goes, you know, hammer! And then he drinks it and he says, proper! And then they begin dancing again. But do you like that? I mean, if anyway. somebody came up to you on the street and said, hey, Emerson, wouldn't, wouldn't you feel like Mr. they were Emerson. being a little bit uh, forward? Yeah, but Mr. Emerson would casual? be... casual? Do you think Mr. Mr. Hammer, Emerson would... onto something. Mr. Hammer does work. Yeah, yeah. But, but see, Mr. Emerson would be weird if somebody called me that or also if they just said, like, Sir, or whatever. But then Rick almost seems, you know, like, yeah. I, I'm not saying I have a problem with it, but I'm saying, you, like, for some people I think are uncomfortable if they just use, like, maybe your first name. I mean, it doesn't matter to me, but, so, like, you can't just say, like, MC. 
Well, whatever. Anyway, I, years, I would call him ago, Hammer. Tom, as years ago, name. Tom Snyder did an interview with uh, Meatloaf, and he kept calling him Mr. Loaf. That's what the Mr. New York yeah. Times that's, calls that's him that's as classic. well. Yeah. Well, because there is a separation because it's Meat Space Loaf. That's the thing is people think it's one word. It's not. It is Meat Space Loaf. Exactly. Maybe a hyphen would help. All right, so you, uh, so did you go up and talk? Uh, how did you approach him? Well, I actually didn't. It was I was there with our producer slash cameraman Bill Robertson and then our co-host Robin Winfield and our producer. He went up and and set up the interview. You know, so we were walking around. Uh, we were there. It was the end of the day, so we've been doing this for about eight hours, going around all these booths, and there's like a schedule of different things we have to cover. And then if you see something along the way, you know, can you can stop and get that too. And they wanted to get the hammer interview. But he wasn't there for anything, so we didn't know what the hell to talk to him about. You know, and he went and so set great. this up, and uh, Robin, my co-host, we decided that I was going to do it. So I had about, I don't know, probably about a minute to get ready for this thing. No idea what to talk to him about. No so idea went what to like call him. Zero to sixty, in, I mean, you know, from not having any idea you were going to see Hammer, much less interview yeah. him, to actually walking up to him and having to commence the uh, to standing the in front of a camera with a microphone. Yeah, what do you ask him. MC Hammer? Awesome. Exactly, and there was no context. That's that was the main thing. There was no context for him being there. It wasn't like so. You're here at the Consumer Electronics Show. Tell us about your new line of computers. Yes, exactly. I, I had no idea. And right before we get ready to do the interview, that's when. Uh, my co-host walks up to him. We're getting the camera ready. We're right about ready to go on. She's like, Hammer, guess how old I am? And does that too legit to quit hand signal <laughs> oh, oh, right to his face. Oh. That's so, that's and he's so instantly, embarrassing. And he, you could tell he wasn't really that interested in the, in the interview already. Yeah. And then once that happened, he just sat there with this sour look on his face <laughs> right when we're getting ready. And then right then, the uh. producer's like, okay, go. And I, I oh, God, it was I so love, awkward. I love stuff it like was, that. <laughs> That's that's great. That's my uh, reminds me of my I shouldn't say who it is. Um I won't because he's gainfully employed. Not I don't want to make it seem like he doesn't take his job seriously. But um there's a uh, somebody we know uh who how do I put this? There's somebody we know who works in the media who at one point uh was out somewhere uh, I think he was he had been out on the clock. Like he was out doing something for a, a, a what we'll call a local media outlet. And he had wrapped it up for the day, but they still had all of their equipment with them, and they were just walking around. It was some sort of music festival or some sort of speaking, you know, some sort of event where there was like a bunch of speakers. And they had gone out there with all their gear, but they had gotten everything they needed, and they turned it off, and they were just sort of wandering around just as spectators. And then they see uh, Chuck D. from Public Enemy. And Chuck D., of course, is very much, you know, he's, you know, he's very, uh, you know, very progressive and very, you know, sort of, he has a very strict sort of, um, you know, personal responsibility regimen, you know, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, you know, stay in school. He's very, uh, you know, very much, you know, your body and mind are a temple and one must lead a virtuous lifestyle and stay on the straight and narrow, um, you know, to uh, to thwart the white devil. And anyway, blah, blah, blah. And so, so this friend of mine is a huge Chuck D fan, but of course he has just uh, ducked out into an alley with his friend and gotten unbelievably high. <laughs> and so there is this footage of him talking to Chuck D. And he said that he walked up and he 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 does this great uh, sort of stoned face uh, when he's telling the story, where he kind of like shuts his eyes to where they're almost completely closed and like tilts his head and kind of puts his mouth at kind of a slack jawed sort of position. And he said that they walked up and he's like. Hey Chuck, can we do you want to do a little interview with us? And he said that like the Chuck T just takes one look at them, and literally just did the huge 
eye roll because he could tell that he was about to be interviewed by two like white guys who were unbelievably baked. I mean, having just smoked like 50 pounds of weed like 30 seconds earlier. So how long is this is this interview with uh, with Hammer? Uh, the interview is a couple of minutes long, so we might want to uh, figure it out and then cut to certain points in it because the guy just rambles on. Really? Yeah, it's it's really awkward. It's, All right. it's extremely awkward. So have you listened to any of this, Sarah? I haven't, but I, I can and we can figure All it right, out. All right, so okay, maybe yeah. so coming up maybe uh, probably next uh, in the next segment and maybe next hour or something, early next hour, we'll, uh, we'll play part of this. Maybe when we're done talking to uh, Dax Holt yes. from TMZ. <laughs> All right, that's fantastic. All right, well, let's do this. Uh, we'll get caught up here. We'll come back. Don Taylor will talk about DVD releases. Tim Riley will have the news. Dax Holt will be... Daxalicious, and we'll have uh, uh, Greg Nibbler talking to uh, MC Hammer. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It is Joey Ramone's birthday, ladies and gentlemen. Happy birthday, Joey. Putting the cult in pop culture. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Sam, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Yes, it is, Sarah. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget, sometime before the uh, end of the show, we're going to be giving away a copy of Max Fleischer's Superman 2-disc collection on DVD, 1941-1942. The official release featuring remastered original film elements from the Warner Brothers vault, ladies and gentlemen, the Max Fleischer Superman collection. Two discs. uh, That is uh, coming up later on. Say two discs on DVD. That doesn't make any sense. That's just redundant. Two discs on DVD. Of course, it's two discs on a wax cylinder. Of course, it's on DVD. Who wrote that? You know, someone who we'll should not be hands. allowed near a typewriter. Tim, that's the answer. All right. Uh, Don Taylor, speaking of DVDs, so uh, you reference HBO uh, Vampires, which is, is that that, twi- uh, not Twilight, uh, First Blood, True Blood? True Blood. All right. True Blood, which is kind of like uh, everything that Twilight isn't. It's uh, it's vampires, but, and, and there's kind of a, a love story between the, the human girl and the vampire, except that there's a lot of, lot of naked people and a lot of sex and, and a lot of creepiness, a lot of genuine creepiness. Uh one of my favorite. Uh, I, I watched the entire first season, and I loved the show. Now let me let me ask you this: uh, is because you do you do writing for Cinematical and a lot of other things, as well as your own site, CinemaSideShow dot com. So, is uh, is True Blood a thing that you would be watching left to your own devices, or is this a thing you watch because you're going to review? No, it? I watched this uh, purely on my own while it was uh, it was new. I went seeking it out. Uh, it does it, it does seem a very uh, it does seem very sexualized. It is. It, it does. It doesn't. Well, it's. Um, oh, I can't remember. It's from the same guy who did Six Feet Under. Yeah, Alan Ball. Alan Ball. Yeah. And uh, it's. It's very. It's kind of self conscious in that sort of way, like self, like Six Feet Under was. But he doesn't pull any punches. It's kind of just right at the gate. Like, well, we're on cable and we can do anything we right. like. So, so there's a lot of. Yeah, it's very sexual, but it's also very, it doesn't shy away from the creepiness factor. It's also uh, kind of politicized, um, the basic plot of it being that vampires exist and they have been acknowledged by society, but they're still second-class citizens. Okay, see, that's kind of great. See, that's the sort of stuff that'll get me to watch a show. Yeah, and they, there's a, and True Blood references a uh, artificial blood that they can buy over the counter and they can drink oh. instead of actually drinking the blood of humans. And uh, but but there's like, of course, there's political anti vampire groups that want to want see. To I didn't know down. any of this. I thought it was just some and weird. This is the true blood show. Yeah, that sounds see, awesome. I, see but see, th- <laughs> see, if only HBO had marketed it to me that way, because as it was, it just looked like it was a terrible variation, like one of those Anne Rice Sleeping Beauty books where it was just a lot of undead pale humping. Yeah. In, you know, in, it's in, like, I, just, in, I don't know. I don't need that. In addition, one of the other things is that humans can actually get high 
from uh, ingesting the blood of vampires. So there's a black market in vampire blood as a, as a a narcotic. I'm, I'm totally watching this. I'm totally Teenagers to it. Like, are going to love it. There's an excellent, it's the new Jenkum. There's an excellent direction the plot goes uh, towards mid to late season where Stephen Root is a vampire and he ends up being kidnapped by someone and strapped to a lawn chair in a basement where they're draining his blood and <laughs> selling it. Uh, is Stephen Root the guy that plays uh, Milton in Office yes, Space? Yes, and he is amazing. He's on a great actor. Show. He's a great actor and he's amazing on this show. Fantastic. So yeah, True Blood, if you didn't see it on each one, a lot of people didn't check it out uh, the season one dvd is out today it's terrific uh fanboys is out today uh about uh, four star wars fans in 1999 who decide to drive to marine county and break into skywalker ranch and steal a copy of phantom menace so they can see it before anybody else did it's uh kind of a mess it's uh all over the place but there's a lot in it that actually is very very funny and i saw the trailer for it and then i followed it because that movie's just been in development hell forever i yeah. mean it's like 10 years or something uh, and I think at one point the guy who wrote it and read the guy whose baby it was, I think he they just removed him from the project, like Harvey Weinstein or somebody was a you're out, and they replaced him with you know some some guy. Um, it reminded me just by looking at some snippets of it and chunks of the movie that I saw online of this. I hate to say it, this awful film that came out a few years ago called Free Enterprise. Yeah. And Free Enterprise is this sort of Star Trek nerd movie, and it's kind of along the same thing where it, there's not, not not much in the way of actual plot or story. Really, it's. It's sort of like a feature-length Family Guy film, but it's live action, and it does a lot of those references that work well on an animated show, things you can get away with in a cartoon, where it's just quick cutaways and references to things, like, not actual jokes, just, like, mentioning stuff instead of content, and fanboys look to be a little bit like that. Yeah, it's very anecdotal. It's, it's It's basically a road trip comedy, except it's about nerds. So excellent. Uh, but the uh, highlight of the day, at least for me, is uh, a film Criterion Collection bringing out called The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Uh, one of the best performances ever by Robert Mitchum in a film directed by Peter Yates, who did Bullet and Eyewitness and Breaking Away. Uh, Robert Mitchum plays an aging, desperate criminal. He's facing two years in prison for driving a truck uh, full of stolen whiskey. And he's in uh, negotiations with Richard Jordan as a younger detective who's sort of gung-ho and fascinated by the criminal element, uh, whether or not he's going to give up his associates, because basically he has no money. If he goes to prison, his wife and children are going to suffer. And it's an it's a really terrific uh, examination of criminals from in a way that you don't usually see in movies because this is a guy who's been a career criminal but he's never been particularly successful at it he's not glamorous in any way and uh but is he going to just like go okay i got nothing to lose i'm just going to turn everybody in so that my family doesn't starve or what am i what am i gonna do i love movies like that i think we were talking uh, last week about that movie taken uh with liam neeson and i said that one of my favorite devices was the guy who's got to get from here to there and everybody in between is just going to get mowed over or, you know, or the device of like they picked the one, you know, they picked the wrong guy to mess with. The other thing is that guy, the guy who has the impossible choice and almost nothing to lose, um, you know, and he's backed into backed into a corner. But the choices he's given are all very, very limited, sort of a Hobson's choice uh, scenario where he he really has no options yeah. because, you know, because he's sort of up against a figurative cliff. And Robert Mitchum is a badass, by the way, just one of the greatest guys who ever acted. Yeah, and here he's just he's just terrific. This is one of the best performances of his career. He's at the point where he he wasn't aged yet but he was aging he was getting kind of craggy and he's just a guy who's yeah you can tell that he's been this character has been kind of a badass in the past but now he's just really weary right and he's just so good 
So good. So, yeah, that's the Friends of Eddie Cole. Excellent. And and to bring this all uh, full circle here, I can't remember if this was on the air or off the air. Where was it you said that you met Sinbad, uh, the alleged comedian? That was, I didn't really meet him. It was at Macworld. And I just turned the corner in San Francisco, the big Macintosh exposition. Was it, was he, I mean, was he just, was he selling something for Macintosh? No, he was just walking around, shopping, looking at the booths. Oh, I see. So he wasn't just, so it wasn't like Hammer, who was apparently there to like print out a coupon for Subway or something. No, but it was one of those things that uh, Sinbad. Is one of those people that I don't really think about ever at all. Sinbad so. is actually one degree away from being completely unrecognizable by any of us. It's like if he were to, you know what I mean? He's like he's like something that's been left out in the sun, and it's it's just bleached to within one shade of being completely gone. Well, and we were talking about it too. It's uh he w- apparently did an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, appearing in a guy's dream or flashback or fantasy or something. And that's a point in your career that you know you've sunk when the only work you can get is, like, appearing in a flashback of another character on a sitcom. As yourself. As yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's See, also, Ron Palio, uh, TV's Horse Shack, who I think I've seen probably four or five times since that show went off the air, always appearing as Ron Palio, TV's Horse Shack, in some guy's dream to give him sage advice about how to proceed with life and love. Excellent. From Cinematical.com, it is uh, Don Taylor, and uh, you also write for CinemaSideshow.com. And you're going to be writing for maybe a new exciting one, right? Maybe a new exciting one. Should we jinx it now by saying it on the air? No, let's not say it. No, not until the contracts are signed. All right. Uh, Let us pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley in the news with Tim Riley. Two people escaped their burning home unharmed overnight. Firefighters called to the two-story home at Northeast 27th and Tillamook. A cat is still missing. Oregon ethics laws may prevent Silverton's transgendered male from doing a reality show. Stuart Rasmussen recently did a pilot, but it may not make it to the air. The law says Oregon public officials cannot use their office for private gain, and he would be paid for doing the show. A Hillsborough man who didn't come back from lunch during jury duty was found at home and admits he didn't come back because he was extremely bored. <laughs> well, now Grant Favor faces six months in jail. He's being arraigned today. It oh. could be waived. If he comes back to finish the trial that he walked out on. Oh, okay. So, the, so if he comes back to finish the trial, I was going to say six months. That's like a yep. real actual penalty there. That's yes, not screwing is. around. No. Well, he was actually, I just saw this on the news before I came here this morning. It wasn't even just like he was on jury duty and he was waiting around. He was on a jury. Yeah. Oh, like he was sitting in the box like juror number five or something. <laughs> and so he got bored and he went home. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Excellent. Well, you got to admire a guy who just you know, picks a, picks a, you know uh, picks an opinion and it just follows it through to the logical conclusion. Monkey watch at a big one. All right, here's your monkey watch uh, for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> so it's a big, big story. Scientists have unveiled a 47 million year old monkey. Now this is the missing link in human evolution. The search for a direct connection between humans and the rest of the animal kingdom has taken 200 years, but it was presented to the world today at a special news conference in New York. This is a 95% complete lemur monkey. It's described by experts as the eighth wonder of the world. They say its impact on the world of monkey studies will be something like an asteroid falling down to Earth. Researchers say proof of this species finally confirms Charles Darwin's theory of evolution and the then radical outlandish ideas he came up with during his time aboard the Beagle. Whatever that means. Sir David His time aboard the Beagle. The Beagle was his ship that he... Oh, okay. Took to like... Well, that's much less interesting than the explanations I was coming up with. <laughs> so once again, the missing link. A 
Not a 47 year old. But a 47 <laughs> million year old monkey has been found. The, yeah, I guess the famed Levittown monkey. Yes, the famous. Right. That's fantastic. All right, there you go. There's your monkey watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Coming up in mere minutes, we have Dax Holt from TMZ.com. And uh, is has Nibbler uh, edited down some of his MC Hammer interview footage? Yes. All right. Good to go. I haven't heard any of it. I don't know. Just, apparently, I made you leave when we were listening to it. It's gold. The word on the street is that it's fantastic. So that'll be coming up in the next hour as well as uh, the giveaway of those Max Fleischer Superman DVDs. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 and KUFO. 503-228-4101 is our phone number. Before the end of the hour, we'll give away a copy of Max Fleischer's Superman on DVD. We'll also be talking to Gossip Enigma. I keep wanting to say Steve Holt, Dax Holt uh, from TMZ.com, who is in the stead of Katie Darrell uh, this week. So that is coming up. Uh, more with Greg Nibbler as well. So we've got, so I guess he has gone through an edited down his MC Hammer interview from the Consumer Electronics Show, and I all I saw was the date, where apparently it was he was at the Consumer Electronics Show like, like this year, like it was 2009. And I thought it was, I, I mean, I was thinking this was like three, four, five years ago, um, but apparently not. That is from the recent past. So they have offered us MC Hammer as a uh, as a guest. I think we're, we're sort of coordinating whether or not that's going to happen. But in the meantime, Greg Nibbler's like he's like, yeah, I interviewed him at the Consumer Electronics Show. He was just standing around for no reason. So. He's, uh, I think, preparing uh, that audio for us as we speak, so we'll have uh, some of that uh, this hour. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, the one and only Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, it's 8.02. Showers will cool us off today, highs only in the 60s. Well, some creative burglars in Gresham broke into a building in an orthodox way. They brought tools along and just took the building apart. And went inside and stole everything. This is in Gresham? Yeah. How difficult it could be to take apart anything that's been Gresham for any amount of they time. They dismantled the side of the shop. This after cutting a hole in the chain link fence, ransacked the place and took $5,000 worth of tools. What can you do? Gresham's unemployment rate. May, I should say Oregon's <laughs> unemployment rate. Well, it's the same thing. Oregon's unemployment rate has dropped 0.1%. You know, Tim, right now we're all Greshamites. I guess so. But the unemployment rate holds firm at 12%. To make matters worse, the new two-year state budget calls for more cuts. State employees, 1,700 jobs out. And what else to cut back on? Education. Let's have an uninformed public. Human services, people don't need help in public safety. We're all safe. When they say that they're cutting back on human services, what is that? I mean, I... I like social workers and... So your mind immediately goes to health care, but then you realize that... Uh, that implies that we had some sort of healthcare infrastructure in place in the yeah. first place, you know, to get rid of it, which we did not. So, so that's yeah, so that would be like the health. Uh, it's like cutting half of nothing. <laughs> yes, it is. It's the Zeno's paradox of the workforce situation. Uh, and I had something else here to tell you. Uh, oh, uh, let's see. Trotdale's mayor warns kids and adults not to swim in the Sandy River. It is dangerous. You will drown there. There's an undertow. Time for the Taser Watch. Here's your Taser Watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show, ladies and gentlemen.
What did we do before that guy? You know, here, let me just say this one thing about the don't tase me bro guy himself. So do you remember where you were or what period of life you were in when that thing happened, the whole thing with, with that guy, that actual incident? No. Wasn't it right before the election? Uh, here, see, and I do remember, and I'll tell you why. Because it's when I was, uh, it's when I was in Europe. Uh, Lara and I, my wife and I, had gone to. Uh, we went to London and then Scotland because she had been. She'd been doing this whole thing where she went to Italy and whatever. Uh, and then we met up in London and we spent a few. Uh, we spent like a week or so in Britain and then we went to Scotland and then we came back. And so I was, and so I was completely, and I was checking my email like every now and again. But I didn't take my phone with me or any of that jazz. I just left it all here. So I was largely incommunicado. So I came back. Uh, here to you know to, to the states after having been away for I don't know ten days something like that and I and I typically I mean people who know me I don't take a lot of vacation I don't take a lot of time off I just because I'm lame and I have no life and whatever um, and so it's very unusual for me to be disconnected from the news uh, to any appreciable degree so I came back and I was checking my email and just sort of catching up and everything I'd missed and all I saw there was like a did you ever go back and you check your email after a few days of not checking at it and it's like counting the rings in a tree where you can sort of see what was going on in the world or in your personal uh, sort of orbit by looking at the subject lines and for about 4 days in a row in the emails that I was going through that I had missed it was just nothing but subject lines saying variations on don't tase me bro and I had no idea what it was in reference to. I'm like, what do you mean, don't tase me, bro? What does that even mean? Uh -huh. Because that whole thing happened while I was gone. And it was just this whole section of the popular culture that I missed out on. And I, I, I sort of, I, I eternally regret not taking the vacation as such. It's not that I didn't have a good time, uh, you know, when I was in Europe. But I regret that I was actually not here just for the first public unveiling of that soundbite. Oh, to have been in this studio doing the show the very first time that that got played. I mean, it's just, um, you know, it's like, a, it's like missing the first performance of... Uh, of Jimi Hendrix. All right, so here's the actual story that goes with that taser watch, Tim. A total of 43 children were directly and indirectly shocked by electrical stun guns <laughs> during simultaneous Take Your Sons and Daughters to Work Day <laughs> events gone wrong at three state prisons last month. They have to note that it's gone wrong. One of the victims was the warden's daughter. A bizarre Ow. description of kids being exposed to tear gas and shock while holding hands in circles <laughs> were revealed during a Friday news conference. This happened in Florida, by the way. That is, oh, oh, damn it! I didn't know. Wait, the yeah. place where? Bitches! Ah, fine. <laughs> Three prison guards have been fired. Two others uh, resigned, and sixteen others, from correction officers to a warden, will be disciplined. That is fantastic. How many kids? Uh, Twenty. Uh, Forty-three. Forty-three kids. How do you tase forty-three kids at once? I mean, how does that even happen? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, in almost every case, the guards who administered the electronic immobilization devices had permission from parents and grandparents to do so. The daughter of the Indian River Correctional Institution's warden was shocked without his permission. I can't imagine what these officers are thinking to administer this device to children. Wait, now I can't. Uh, now I can't tell what's going on here. When you say that somebody was shocked, you don't mean surprised. You mean shocked. Yes. Mm. I can't imagine what these officers would think to administer this device to children, nor can I imagine why any parent will allow them to do so. This must not happen again. <laughs> Was there like a per Is that like when you're going on a field trip and your parents have to sign a permission slip for like, they will let the teacher buy you lunch or mm -hmm. something? So the 43 kids, and this wasn't just hazing, this was like a, a, they were tear gassed as well? They deliver 50,000 volts of electricity. Although the voltage is high, it's not lethal because the current is so low. Of the children exposed to the stun guns, 14 were directly shocked. Uh, 29 others were indirectly exposed when they held hands with the person who was shocked. While circling the kids together, the electricity could flow from one child's hands to the next. 
The warden whose child was involved was out of town at the time and did not give permission. <laughs> so there's, so I'm just, uh, I've never seen anything like this in one law enforcement official. So I'm just picturing a bunch of kids in a circle mm-hmm. playing like some sort of, uh, I don't know, some sort of a game that, that, that would require uh, doing that. I mean, like a, some sort of a duck, duck, goose uh, kind of a thing. And then one of the guards says, all right, now I'm going to, who wants to play an exciting game? All mm-hmm. right, I'm going to show you something that's just Jim Dandy. Everybody clasp hands. And then he shocks the one kid, and it tasers all 43 of them. Yes. That is, that really is, that's just the. magic. That, it, it, it is, Sarah. That's the kind of story that one prays for when one is a, a broadcaster. All right. That's excellent. There you go. That's. That's uh, We shouldn't do another Taser Watch for at least a week because there's just no way to top that one. There you go. That's your Taser Watch for Tuesday. Does it say how old the kids were? Please tell me they were under 10. I'm looking here. Uh, 5 to 17. <laughs> that really is just the whole swath. They've got the whole spectrum down there. That's like that field trip story we have where the kids all went to a rendering plant. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, uh, a man who I'm sure will become a bosom companion in the gossip sense, uh, Dax Holt, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dax Holt, how are you, sir? Good. How about yourself? I am uh, fantabulous, uh, my friend. This is our first time uh, speaking with you. We were perusing your MySpace page earlier, and so we feel like we've known you forever. I must ask at this point, um, did you or did someone else, and there is much hinging upon the honesty with which you answer this question, did you or someone else decide that your MySpace uh, name would be... Sarah, is it Daxlicious or Daxalicious? Daxalicious. Daxalicious. Uh, by whom was that decided? Uh, that is a, <laughs> a nickname that I was given, God, back in high school. They, this girl used to call me Daxalicious all the time. Are you lying to me right now, Dax? Swear to God. <laughs> there was a girl, was she, uh, please don't take offense to this, was she being ironic or was that like a sort of, or was this a, a, like a girlfriend or was this someone who wanted to be a girlfriend? It was just a hot girl in school that that was always what she called me. Hey, Daxalicious. <laughs> and so when you went to MySpace, you thought, by God, now I have a chance to use it. Exactly. Excellent. All right. Well, what is going on in the world of TMZ, sir? Well, I think the big news right now is Mel Gibson's girlfriend being pregnant. You know, he just got a divorce from his wife. She filed divorce papers about a month ago. And, you know, everyone kind of saw that as a surprise. Well, come to find out. Now we're here, and Oksana, this Russian singer that he's been dating, she's pregnant. She's in her second trimester, and I guess everything's kind of piecing itself together. The thing about Mel Gibson is we sort of charted the decline of that guy's stock with the American public over the last, I don't know, maybe two years or so. I mean, at what point, let's just do a survey of the room here. At what point do you think it was that we all decided Mel Gibson was an ass? Was it the traffic stop? Was it the the passion I think of the it was Christ? Probably the, race, the racial slurs. And yeah, the, the, yeah the, I, think, the, I think it was the DUI bus. <laughs> I mean, really, just you talk about a guy who—that's the thing where you really got to separate the artist from the art because he just seems like a colossal douche. I mean, just like in every <laughs> conceivable way. So there's no yeah. getting around it. You know what? His wife has said that they were separated since then. So I think that uh, did a big toll on her. She just woke up one day and said, wait a minute, I'm married to an anti-Semitic jackass. Why am I here? <laughs> exactly. Right. Now she's getting out of it and she's going to make a good $500 million in this divorce. Yeah, good for her. Excellent. What else is going on? Well, I, I don't know if you guys have followed out all this Leanne Rimes and Eddie Cibrian, how they were supposedly cheating. Yes. 
Well, <laughs> everything had kind of come out, and Leanne was now trying to be out with her husband and Kissy and all that kind of stuff. Well, Eddie and Leanne had a surprise little reunion at the Laker game. During halftime, they ran into each other at the bar. It was just them two. Their, their spouses weren't there, so I'm kind of wondering if something actually is going on between the two of them. Here's the thing about Leanne Rimes. I don't know if you ever watched the uh, the animated sitcom King of the Hill when I was there, but Leanne Rimes is sort of like a real-life Luann Hill. I mean, you just sort of figure that if she hadn't warbled her way into inadvertent pop success at the age of whatever, that she'd be at a cosmetology school right now and busy yeah. dating a guy named Snake. I mean, it's just my speculation, so. Yeah, and you know what? And she just put her house up. She has like a, a $7.5 million house in Nashville. She, her and her husband just put that on the market. So I think things are going downhill for them, to be honest with you. Yes, I, uh, yes, I would imagine that's the case. Maybe she and Mel Gibson can find love together. So. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're running a little bit uh, overtime here, so we will have to bring the curtain down on this. But uh, Dax Holt from TMZ.com, thank you, for, uh, thank you for joining us, my friend. It was a, uh, it was a pleasure to meet you uh, telephonically speaking. I'm sure we'll uh, talk to each other again. No problem, dude. Thank you, sir. There you go. That is Dax Holt, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, TMZ.com. TMZ Television tonight, 1130 on Fox 12. He didn't sound that bad. Let's go around the room. Dax Holt. So you give him a thumbs up? I like him. Tim, Dax Holt? Thumbs up. All right. Greg Nibbler, Dax Holt? Uh, yes. I give him I give him a tentative uh, okay. Yes. I think we need to do it again just uh, to be we'll sure. Sort of to clarify our position next time. All right. Uh, when we return, Greg Nibbler will have for us the audio of his... And you said it was awkward sounding, his interview with MC Hammer. Yes, it's amazingly awkward. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Uh, That's coming up as well as more news with Tim Riley. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. All right, so last night I opened uh, my final bottle of Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. And then you get that weird, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's like a, a panic or anything. It's not like I got to get, not like I have to start boarding up the windows and get a shotgun because there's going to be a run on it at, at my Somebody house. from Gresham will break in and dismantle your house and steal your Secret Aardvark. <laughs> Stealing your Secret Aardvark sounds um, not just, it doesn't sound perverse, but it does sound uh, like you're talking about nuclear launch codes or something. Secret Aardvark. Uh, Foxtrot. Whiskey. Um, in any event, but I opened the final new bottle that I have at my house, and so the thing about it is, then you but then you realize you got to go to the store because then you you got to start getting backup bottles because otherwise you're going to put it off, you're going to put it off, you're going to put it off, and then you're going to go to put it on some food and just and you're gonna, and there's not going to be anything left, and then you're going to realize that the you know that it's like two in the morning and you can't get any. So, secret Aardvark habanero hot sauce. If you may ask yourself like uh, where where can I buy it or where are they serving it? Where can I try it? You can find the answers to all these questions at secret Aardvark. Dot com. It's Aardvark with two ways. SecretAardvark.com. And you will find a, a, a massive comprehensive listing of the restaurants in Portland that are serving it. And a lot of restaurants, you wouldn't necessarily think that they would have it. I went to a pizza place a while back, and they had it on every single table. You can find it at uh, you know restaurants that serve all manner of food, from sandwich shops on down. You can also find a list of the stores that sell it. You can get it at Whole Foods. You can get it at New Seasons. And you can buy it online as well. SecretAardvark.com. The recipe is right here in Portland, and it's a Portland company, so you can feel good about that. It is all natural ingredients, and it is a combination of flavor and kick. So it adds spice, it adds punch, but it never overwhelms the flavor of whatever it is that you are eating. You buy yourself a bottle or three, and it's going to become the most frequently used spice and condiment in your home. I guarantee it. SecretArdvark.com is the website to find out more. Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. Now broadcasting everywhere. At all times. To everyone. In accordance with prophecy. The Rick Emerson Show. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. 
It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. All right. In just moments, we'll go to uh, Greg Nibbler and his interview of MC Hammer, Hammer guy, Mr. Hammer, uh, at the Consumer Electronics Show. And this was in 2009. Yeah, this was this year. See, for some reason, I was thinking it was like from... Oh, I thought this was like from years ago. That's, see, oh, that's no. what I thought. I thought it was like 2003, 2004. No, that was this year. But then I saw, yeah, I saw the tag and it's like at the CES, 2009. Wait, which month? Uh, January. Okay. So you, okay. Yep. Well, all right then. Uh, and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley's tracking the following stories uh, for you on this Tuesday morning. The new Oregon budget cuts 1,700 state jobs. The governor plans conservation programs and nonprofit jobs to put 12,000 to work, but they won't pay very much. Washington's governor approves the measure giving same sex couples the same rights as those who are married without calling it marriage. And Mel Gibson's girlfriend is pregnant, and it's a sin. <laughs> Well done, Mel Gibson. That's a mortal sin, by the way. And not a venial sin of any kind. That's uh, that's not something you can make uh, go away with a few dozen Hail Marys, Mr. Gibson. Down on your knees, Mr. Gibson. And pray. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, uh, on that note, uh, real quickly, because I was saying that we ought to rename this show uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Jesus. I'm sorry. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Um did I, was it on the air, off the air, that I was saying that there ought to be a radio program, Napalm in the Morning? That was on the air. And it'd be like, a whole, be like an Apocalypse Now thing. And it would be, but see, that could be my alter ego. That could be like my Slim Shady, you know, where like, you know, like, I'm normally mild-mannered Rick Emerson, but then I'm Napalm in the Morning, bitches. And then, and then you'd have the liners going like, I love the, the sound of Napalm in the Morning. And then you'd have like Robert Duvall uh, drop-ins there. I'm telling you right now. Then it would just be you going, boobs. Yeah! <laughs> uh, it's funny because it's, it's not really that funny. Uh, all right, Greg Nibbler. So what are we about to hear? This is your interview with MC Hammer at CES. And so just to, to back up a second. So he didn't know he was going to be interviewed, and you didn't know you were going to be interviewing him. So this is sort of the blind interviewing the blind here. Yeah, this is all transpiring in about, I don't know, 60 seconds, a couple of minutes. We see Hammer... The interview set up. My co-host insults him, and then we go straight. Then we go Is she straight still your co-host? Uh, well, she was for that show. I mean, we were both hired for this thing specifically. Okay. So yeah. So you are um, ad libbing your bay basically I'm through basically this interview. Ad libbing. Yeah, I have no context of what to interview him about, other than it's just it's hammer and he's there. Right. So and I'm already thrown off because right before that. So so just to preface that, my interview skills are a little bit better than what you are going to see on here. But sure. I was just so thrown off by what to do. <laughs> all right, it's uh, a poor man that blames his tools. So this is yes, yeah, exactly that's exactly. Yeah, so this right. is not not representative of your uh, would, your interviewing abilities. Would you would no. claim. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Greg Nibbler interviewing Hammer. Hey, this is Greg with Digital Trends, and we're on the show floor, and we actually just ran into Hammer. So awesome to uh, see you guys on the show so far. How are you enjoying it? Well, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, a lot of the innovation. Uh, certainly some of the things I'm seeing here uh, at uh, Intel's booth, uh, cutting edge. Uh, I like it. I think it's uh, I think it's, we have some, some good product to look forward to going forward. Um, what kind of uh, technology do you use in creating music now? Well, not necessarily creating music, but the marketing, promotion, and connecting with the end user with music. So social media uh, is my main focus. I think that it is the, the end game uh, combined with analytics uh, of how to, to, to combine what going forward See, it, in the Web 2.0 type of model for the music industry. So, he's making uh, things up right now. Hold on, I know exactly. Uh, because you know, he expects you to wrap it up and get out. I think that's the future. Colla oh, I totally know what he's doing. He's looking around the room and he's just seeing phrases written down no, and he's, he's like working them into words. his dialogue. It's like he, us looking at like Obama. Let me see. Passes. Because right at the end here, you can hear it when it really starts uh, in, in earnest. Let's see. Um, let's see. And... 
Uh, speaking of the web 2.0 and so forth, here's my uh, player not working. All right, here we go. To, to value me. Okay, listen, he actually gets onto this the thing here. We starts talking about uh, the web 2.0, and then he says social networking and something. Going forward in the web 2.0 type of model for the music industry. So uh, that in collaborative, uh, you know, collaborative video, socializing, I think that's the future. He has no idea what he's talking about. These are just things that are on, like, brochures that are littering the floor at the Consumer Electronics Show, and he's just... Working them into his dialogue ad hoc. He sounds like a genius. He really does. That's the thing. Like, if you didn't know what he was doing, and I can tell because I've done that, I've been in interviews where I'm just making stuff up. I'm afraid to admit I have no idea what he's talking about. I should have I should have pre-read this. Well, and you can tell No one told me that I was going to be interviewed at this event. Hammer feels that he is ill-equipped for this. Well, and you can tell in the in the video too. I'm sitting there just trying to comprehend what it is that he's talking about. I Were you nodding it. your head really sage you're like, yes, oh, yeah, man, just staring Hammer, straight that at is, mm-hmm. Thank you for mm-hmm. breaking it down for me, Hammer. Yeah, and then at the same time, in my head trying to think about, please, Hammer, don't hurt him. I'm trying not to laugh, and then I'm trying not to. I'm like, is there any way I could work in a Hammer joke without like totally offending him? And what the hell is he talking about at the same time? I'm trying to come up with a new question and trying to figure out like how do you respond to MC Hammer talking about web analytics? Yeah, so I, I tried to like summarize what I thought it was he was saying and he didn't he didn't like my summary so here's uh the second part of that so really like connecting the artist to the actual listener and more direct in a more direct way well, well, in a simplified way, yes. Uh, yeah, but it, <laughs> With your tiny human brain, Greg Nibbler, you cannot comprehend what Hammer is speaking. But at the, the end of the day, to actually use social media, new powerful platforms, um, again, uh, collaborative um, solutions to, to, to really make the, the end user be a participant uh, in the overall uh, artist's uh, from an artistic standpoint, from a um, human level, real communication. So this is not like uh, you and your PR person and your agent and your manager connecting with, with the people, but you Jesus. and the end user so that he can appreciate your art more. And at the, at the end is of the he? day also, he can access your art, access your concert, access uh, your tickets through the relationship that you guys have and, and the tools that it takes to empower that. He's like, is he like he's your dealer or something. Well, and the thing is, isn't that answer, though, really, when you boil it down, pretty much what I had just summarized is connecting the artist. Don't insult the hammer. <laughs> make that happen. That's what I'm all about. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping by to talk to us, and I uh, hope you have a great show. All right. You too. Take care. A all great right. show. This is uh, well, it's the Consumer Electronics Show, so it's like, wow. Have a great show. The hammer yeah, has I never been more insulted like, than by the know. pedantic nature of this interview, <laughs> Nibbler. <laughs> That's so even the best he's part. Like, I kept picturing him as Mr. T the entire time too. He's like, I don't need your jibba jabba. He's totally. He's like, I pity the fool that does not understand social analytics. I squash that bug. The the best. It's just so great when he says he when he does speak to you as though as though your brain is so undertrained you can't get and it's right there this one sentence. So really, like connecting the artist to the actual listener and more direct in a more direct way. Well, well, in a simplified way, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You are a fool. All right, excellent. Thank you. Greg Nibbler, ladies and gentlemen, interviewing MC Hammer. This is like your best ever because that's the most fantastic interview, and then it's your favorite song. What? what, Hold on, let me check my KUFO music log. Oh, it is my favorite song. Excellent. All right, hold on. Let me... You ready? Wait. Front sell this. Wait, I was going to do this like Napalm in the Morning would do it, but I don't know how he'd do it. There's... Really, no. No. I'll just do it as me. All right, you ready? Here we go. I'm starting it. One, two, three. Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Hey, everybody, come on and rapey rape, rape me. Rape, 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 rape. Rapey rape. Rape, rape, rape. Raping, raping, raping. Rape me. It's Nirvana, Rock 101 KUFO. Rape me. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Or you'll be filled with death.
desperate, miserable shame. Listen online. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Tomorrow, our guests will include Peter Carlin from the Oregonian and from the San Diego Zoo, Joan Embry. Ladies and gentlemen, we will uh, take caller 10 at this juncture. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You will win a copy of Max Fleischer's Superman 1941-1942 two-disc collection on DVD. Somebody clarify what that means. Two discs on DVD means it's not on, like, Blu-ray or something. DVD and Blu-ray, two different things, two competing technologies. Faster than a streak of lightning, more powerful than the pounding surf. The Amazing Stranger from Planet Krypton, The Man of Steel, Superman, featuring 17 action-packed vintage theatrical cartoons on DVD. The official release also features remastered original film elements from the Warner Brothers vault. And is Max Fleischer's Superman 1941-1942 two-disc collection on DVD to Caller 10 right now. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Oregon's ethics laws may prevent Silverton's transgendered mayor from doing a reality show. Stu Rasmussen recently did a pilot, but it may not make the airwaves. The law says Oregon public officials can't use their office for private gain, and he would be paid for the show. Two people escaped their burning home unharmed overnight. Firefighters called to a two-story home at Northeast 27th and Tillamook, encountering heavy flames. A cat is still missing. Washington Governor Greg Waugh signs a new law giving same-sex couples identical rights as married straight couples without calling it marriage. The new rights include using sick leave to care for a domestic partner, the right to wages and benefits of an injured partner, along with insurance rights. And then in New York, I think it's uh, it's unclear. I, I don't even know where the status of that thing in New York is. I think it's they're still fighting. Uh, it's, uh, it's the way it always is. Uh, let's see. It's not clear when state senators will bring same-sex marriage to a vote. Okay, so the assembly passed a measure has the governor's support, but it's not clear whether it's going to get out of the Senate right now in New York. Right. So. And in New Hampshire, they're waiting for the governor's signature. He's going to make a couple of. Say, why not give Kelsey Grammer another sitcom? Didn't he just get one? And a beer. Uh, I think, didn't he have some follow Did he have a follow-up to Frasier? Yeah, there was. It was called, uh, he played a TV newsman on some sitcom that nobody ever watched. Are you sure? I think it was called, and now back to you. That seems plausible. I've never even heard of that. I- I've seen it somewhere, but nobody ever watched it. Well, anyway, CBS is going to launch a night of sitcoms. Probably a bad move. Let's go back to the 1970s <laughs> and see if it still works. It's going to be Wednesday night. Can it be sponsored by Borax? Kelsey Grammer will be the lead character in a sitcom entitled Hank. <laughs> That's show. <really> gripping. <laughs> entitled That Guy. Our research shows that we should put Kelsey Grammer in a program called Hank. The public will love it. <laughs> research is never wrong, Tim. And then there'll be another show called The Middle. Are you sure? Starring an actor's <laughs> name, Patricia Heaton. Are you sure that you're not... Loves... No, this is current. You're sure that it's not like... Those it's... aren't like, like like little headers where eventually it will go? Like, that's the show between two other shows, and they just haven't titled it yet? No, that's the middle show. Then the third show is Courtney Cox of Friends will lead a, a sitcom a... called Cougar Town. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Wow, that's... that's... Night, it'll be a night for losers <laughs> on ABC Wednesday night with sitcoms. Leading up with Hank, starring Kelsey Grammer. Tim, and you were right. It was called, let's see, he has a show. I just lost it. And now Back to You or something like yeah, that. Yes, it's, it's called uh, Back to You. See, nobody ever watched it. No, no, but they did not. Keep failing and keep getting sitcoms. Well, do you realize, well, here's the thing about, about Kelsey Grammer, the good news, bad news. I mean, boo-hoo for him, I suppose, blah, blah, famous you know, TV star, whatever. You realize he played the same character for something like 26 years? 
Yeah. Because if you count Cheers and Frasier as one, you know, run of the same character, what it is, Frasier Crane, he played the one character for, I think it was something like 20, I mean, it was over two decades. So, but you see why those guys who get a show like that just milk it for every single moment they can. They run it into the ground because even Kelsey Grammer, who's a big TV star, huge name, big marketing name, got a new show, canceled immediately, couldn't hold a gig. And... You know, they tried to make a movie start. It was a disaster. I, I worked on the promotion team for a movie called a Periscope. Uh, a movie dis- I remember that. I never saw it, of course. I could not fill up a theater to save my life with that one. Yeah. I... That was my job for this movie. Make sure you get people in this theater, all white people, which was hard enough. And... <laughs> In L.A., who are not in the motion picture industry. <laughs> when everybody is carrying a script in so, their back so pocket. People, they actually thought people would flock to see Kel- Kelsey Grammer in a movie called A Periscope. Was this with Tom Arnold? I don't remember, but I, I just got it out of my head. I didn't want to think about it again. I knew it was my downfall. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Kelsey Grammer, you filmic it, albatross. It was filmed in an area with mothballed Navy ships That's somewhere great. on the East Coast, and it was a disaster. I sort of remember seeing the poster for that. Like, I was at the theater to see something else, obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. and I saw that, and I went, and you know what it was? You know, <laughs> you know what the poster for a Periscope was? It was a thing that you walk by, and you go, hmm. And then you just, and then you never think about it again. Like you sort of, you, you see it and then immediately you just move on and you never, ever again think about it. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. It's when you think people are more popular than they actually are. Yes. Doesn't work sometimes. That was one (laughs) of those cases. So anyway, watch your Kelsey Grammer's new program, Hank. (laughs) The next show to be uh, over there. All right. Are we going to go back to this, uh, this Cheeto story? We should revisit the Cheeto business. Indeed. So, a Texas couple recently found a heavenly surprise in a bag of Cheetos. According to CBS 11 News Dallas, Dan and Sarah say they found a Jesus-shaped Cheeto last week. The couple had stopped by a gas station for some fuel and snacks when they discovered the oddly-shaped chip. They're calling it Cheezus. <laughs> so, I have uh, the audio now. This is from our colleagues, CBS 11 TV uh, in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where apparently there's... Apparently, they have an abundance of newscasters and money with which to pay them because they actually sent a full film crew out to interview uh, these folks who don't look all that rube-like. They I mean, sound rube-like. It's though. the accent, though. That's the thing. It's the, here. You, I mean, here's the thing. They look like a Lake Oswego couple. Uh, it's just the when when they open their mouth and you hear that accent, it's just it's all bad. All right. We've all heard of the image of Jesus turning up in unlikely places. One North Texas family says they found him in a popular snack food. TXA twenty one. I want somebody to see Jesus in a crack vial. We were leaving town, and uh, I stopped by, filled up with gas, and, you know, was in there. I bought some snacks. Inside a 99-cent bag of Cheetos, Sarah and Dan Bell found something unique. I was putting them in my hand and eating them out of my hand, and I had eaten most of the ones out of my hand, and this one was still left. Laying there. And so the the best part about this is they have the the three uh, the three tiered description on the screen. The first thing in just big red letters it just says Cheeto Jesus with a question mark, and then it has the guy's name is like Dan Bell, and the below it they are both identified as Cheeto Discoverer, which is like one step above the onions like area man, like finding the missing link. Oh my exactly. Gosh, look at this. It really looks like a person in a row praying. I, mean, I just looked over. Uh, and I, I went, wow, it does look like, it looks like a uh, praying Jesus. Our nickname is Jesus. Jesus is about It isn't the accent that tall, makes them sound despite stupid. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a fair point. I, that guy doesn't even have an accent. They just sound... 
That's true. I never noticed that. That's weird that in my head I was putting a Texas Texas accent on him, and he doesn't have one. You're right about that. And you, I I guess you are you are correct when you say that it's not Jesus. Our nickname is Jesus. The Jesus is about two inches tall. Despite missing a right arm, the bells see a body. Nobody even addresses the fact it's an amputee Jesus. I mean, it is a reminder of our blessings from God. Which apparently don't include the ability to fill up both sleeves. Jesus has shown up before in Houston, Missouri, and on YouTube. He's on tour. The Bell's Cheeto ended up front page on the Preston Hollow People newspaper. The big question, what to do with it now? My first uh, reaction was, um, let's put this on eBay. And then we said, how much do you think we should ask for it? You know, it could be 25 cents. It could be... $25. $25. Thing is, if it's only $0.25, cents, we're probably Big just going to eat it. <laughs> For now, the North Texas family is keeping it in a plastic box. That's it. It doesn't end with a big flourish or any sort of, like, rhetorical the twist. End. And it's in a box. And see. <laughs> Uh, we want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop today, as well as Don Taylor from Cinematical, Dax Holt from TMZ.com, and special guest MC Hammer. Rick Hammer's the show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim, your personal savior, Riley. Uh, on the phone's Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donaff with me, Reynolds, executive producer, Chris Paddock. Coming up next, Smells Like the 90s at 9 with our good friend Buzz. We'll see you all tomorrow. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening, my friends. It is Tuesday, May 19th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, be safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye. Well, well, in a simplified way, yes. Uh, Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.